0: Kinichiwa minisan.
1: and welcome to Famicast 50. Yes, we've done 50 of these things. This is your Famicast for mid-February 2015. Uh, four years strong and still going. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. James Charlton. Shut it, Bowser. <laughs> yes,
2: what he said. <laughs>
1: and also accompanied here by Mr. Ty sugart
2: What's good? I'm bringing Hamtaro back, baby. <laughs> good, good news for
1: everyone. <laughs> and... After a very, very long hiatus, Mr. Minoru
3: Yamaizumi is back on the show. Hey. Mino. The the legend is back.
4: (laughs) Guess who's back? (laughs) Mino's back.
1: (laughs) Yes, we got an action-packed show for you here today. Lots of uh, kind of memory things, thinking about the Famicast. Four years of this. Uh, Not three, like you guys said in the last show. It's been four years. (laughs) What? Yes. What, what what Who said that? You. <laughs> no.
4: Well, I don't count the years that I wasn't on. That's it. fine. Then it's like a year and a
1: half going or something. So, um, but you know, as usual, we're going to go ahead and start off the show with new business so on the other side of this musical break, we'll go ahead and get started with that. Alright, and Minoru, since it's been such a long time, figured, why don't you go ahead and
3: kick us off with new business today? Okay, Uh, these days I don't play many games, especially console games, just like many other Japanese full-time workers. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) but now now I'm playing Mm Hakoboy or Bugsboy. It's a unique puzzle platformer for 3DS, developed by HAL Laboratory and released only in Japan so far. In this game, uh, you control a square box named QB. He is two-legged, so he can walk and jump just a little. Also, he can create from his body an array of life-sized boxes without feet, as if he replicates himself. And the maximum number of boxes in an array depends on the stage. Uh, Usually, you can create an array of Four or five boxes, uh, the point is, you can arrange the boxes when you are making an array. You can make a horizontal or a vertical bar, stairs, 2x2 uh, two two square, or whatever. Then you can detach boxes and use it as a movable platform, or without detaching them, you can use them as an extension of QB's body. Can you can you can you move them while you're standing on them?
1: Uh yes. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, if you're standing on the boxes that you made, you mean James? Yeah. If you're standing on the boxes, I mean that's like I mean, if you're standing on top of like a sofa, can you move it by yourself? I mean, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs>
4: video game logic. <laughs> You don't know of my telekinesis powers, do you?
1: Yes. So if you're standing on top of the boxes, you cannot. But I mean, yeah, otherwise you can move the
3: boxes and push them and stuff. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So the point of puzzle solving is in what shape you make an array of boxes and how and when you use them. For example, um, suppose there is a platform above which you cannot jump onto. onto. You, You should make an array of boxes straight up from your head in an inverted L-shape like a hook. After you jump and hang the hook on the platform, you can hold the array up. Then Qubit's main body slides onto the platform. And this is just a simple example. What your character can do doesn't change throughout the game. But there's a wide range of level tricks, such as switches, sticky walls, UFO catcher cranes, and so on and so on. So you can, yeah, yeah yeah, mm, I, I, I think uh, you like it the tie <laughs> right on. yeah, 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 so you can see new kinds of tricks one by one from start to finish, uh, as a result, you continue learning new ways of solving puzzles or interaction between the box creating mechanism and different environments throughout the game, and that's a core gameplay of Huckle uh, each element. Is actually quite simple, but the combination of the box mechanism and the level tricks result in surprisingly diverse and creative puzzles. I was really impressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, yeah, also impressive is its art style. Uh, This game features a unique one. It's all black and white. Doesn't support three D graphics, and the music sounds like chip tune music. Nice. Mm, Yeah. But it looks and sounds more modern than real 8-bit games. I think the developers didn't try to reproduce an 8-bit game. But still, you could port this black and white game to Game Boy, (laughs) since there seems to be no technologically advanced stuff. Uh, Of course, in terms of inventiveness, it's much more advanced than 8-bit games. So I imagine it could have been developed in the late 90s or later if SNES or uh, GBA had not been released and people had continued making games for NES or Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I've heard the same thing about Shovel Knight, although I've never yeah, played yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, uh, you know, Without these newer systems, we might have got something like these games back then. Yeah, so I really recommend Huckle Boy. But some players may not be satisfied with its difficulty because every stage is quite short, with just a few obstacles. Even at the later worlds, you don't have many really challenge challenging ones at at least before you see the ending. Uh, This is partly because different kinds of environmental tricks are rarely combined together into a more challenging puzzle in the main campaign. However, aside from the campaign, you can unlock extra challenge levels with in-game currency. These levels are quite challenging from the very first one. What's even better, the quality of the challenge is pretty different from that of the campaign, where you have no time limit and you can think carefully throughout trial and error. On the other hand, uh, the challenge mode consists of time attack stages and score attack stages with a time limit. They are also fun and addictive. I think uh, the main campaign stages have a little replay value, and many of them are not so challenging. To make up this potential shortcoming, I would really like HAL Laboratory and Nintendo to release a level creator. Since levels are all grid-based, it would not be difficult to make right. origi- o- original levels and share them uh, via Miiverse. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, even without a level creator, HAKOBOY is a great puzzle platformer, so I hope it will be released in other regions soon. It has no dialogue, so localization should not be so terribly difficult. Uh, if you have a Japanese 3DS, it's really worth worth playing. Right. Uh, yeah, that's my new business. I'd,
4: yeah, I don't see why this wouldn't... Make it to uh, the west. I mean, do you think Box Boy would be a good name for it? I'm sure they would change it, though, right?
1: Well, you know, I don't know if this is any indication of anything, but on the Miiverse, when I log in on my computer or smartphone or whatever, I was just checking out some stuff when I was playing through the game myself, and you know, I have my settings set up for English, so I mean, some you know, obviously some things are in Japanese and whatever, and some some things are just based in English, but this game actually in English it said Box Boy, and I was kind of surprised by that (laughs) so i mean it could mean oh you mean there's a miiverse being made for this in english already well i mean it's the japanese miiverse but it has an english title if you're looking at it from like your computer or like you know smartphone or whatever stuff like that um it's like i said it's it's probably a setting-based thing but i mean it's there and i saw it (laughs) so yeah
2: at least there's A very marginal amount of groundwork. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it just screams, like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Why not? I mean, I'm looking at it on YouTube now. It looks fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. And, you know, one thing that I think kind of adds to the challenge a bit too, you know, yeah, you can replicate basically the same size of yourself, like replicate a box and stuff. But you can't do this... Okay. The, throughout the levels, there are these little crowns that you can collect if you want to, or just leave them there. And I don't know about you, Mino, but I went through and in the campaign mode, I collected every single one of those things. Like um, I, I me too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you must be better at video games than me, because I, you know, it started getting. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you know. I think so. <laughs> it it can be a bit tricky. I I never felt to the I never got to the point where I felt that this game was like impossible or something like that. But, you know, it's the the levels are short enough and the the challenge is just set at the right level where you can just still get a good feeling of satisfaction after doing it and not get really too frustrated with it. And, you know, with collecting these crowns you have a limited amount of times that you can actually Uh, of amount of boxes that you can make in a level. So like, let's say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can only make 17 and you do 18. Then the crowns, they still appear there, but they're kind of like, instead of being like a dark black, they're like a gray and you can't grab it. So that's kind of a thing Uh, if you want to, yeah, collect these little doodads and (laughs) kind of get more points that you can use on the in-game store to buy like different costumes for Box Boy and um, stuff like that, then yeah, you should probably try to do that.
4: Yeah, it does sound very HAL Laboratories, like they've got, you know, every option or every... And the time attack, score attack thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's very... It's like, you know, Kirby games and um, other HAL games, they do that kind of thing, right? They try and push the uh, amount of content to the max, make you replay it as much as possible. Sure, sure.
1: And the game's cool. It's cheap, too. It's only like 600 yen, so something like six, like six bucks, so... I saw the um very cool uh
4: card for this that you can buy in the you know convenience store or whatever. Right.
1: I saw that too. I thought about rebuying
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, buy it and then just give me the code. You keep the card. No, right. I can't
1: do that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it looks very cool. Yeah, I could yeah, this will definitely make it out to the west, I think. Don't see why not. I mean, especially if it doesn't ever contain any language whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, aside from menus and, you know, the instruction manual, you know, aside from that, in-game stuff, yeah, there's basically nothing.
2: Games still have manuals?
1: (laughs) (laughs) E-manuals, but, you know. That'd be cool if they posted a manual to you. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) We might be waiting a bit on that, though. All right, Mino, well, that's all you got, man. Yes. Okay, so we'll take another quick break here and be back with me on the other side of it with more new business. Alright, and we're back. I'm going to go ahead and uh, soldier on with some more new business here. Um, aside from Hunker Boy and Grand Theft Auto V, my PlayStation 4, <laughs> which uh, I'm not going to talk about here. Um, another game you that I...
4: You haven't been turning it on for the past few months, right?
1: What, Grand Theft Auto? Or... No, no, no. The, the PS4? Uh, well, I, not, well, I have now, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, I mean, with Nintendo-related stuff, I did actually manage to pick up the 3D remake of Final Fantasy that came out on 3DS. Uh, this was originally available as like a kind of like a pre-order bonus or some kind of a bonus with Final Fantasy Explorers, which came out in uh, mid-December. We, James and I kind of talked about it a bit months ago. Wait, wait, you bought Final Fantasy Explorers? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> let, let me back up a second. So originally, when this... Remake of Final Fantasy One. This 3D remake of Final Fantasy One came out. It was exclusive to people that pre-order or bought Final Fantasy Explorers around or at launch. And then Square Enix said at the time they said, "Hey, you know, we're going to release this game later on the eShop." And that just so happened to be oh, maybe about a month ago or so, maybe mid to late January they released it. And I think it's like a thousand yen, like ten bucks essentially. And um, yeah, I was like, hey, you know, I I like Final Fantasy and I've only ever beaten Final Fantasy VII, so (laughs) (laughs) everyone can point and laugh now, as as expected. Um, But so I was like, "Hey, I have never played a Final Fantasy game." (laughs) (laughs) No, that's
4: not true. But I, yeah, definitely haven't completed any of them. Yeah,
1: I've always gotten pretty far in several of them that I've played. I just I've only beat seven. That's the only one that I just really really got into.
2: You know, like, I claim to be the resident RPG hater, and I have <laughs> finished many Final Fantasy games. Well, aren't you special? I am, so <laughs> I'm I like wondering like, what's going on in your guys' lives well, for my, us to well, come to this.
4: Ex- well, my excuse is the first six didn't come to Europe.
2: Okay, okay, you you get a pass on that. I
1: have no excuse. <laughs> you don't.
2: I'm g- I'm going to start hassling That's you. fine. I deserve it, seriously. I
1: own like almost all of the numbered Final Fantasy Final Fantasy games and I've only beaten 7.
2: That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: But anyways, I thought, "Hey, maybe I'll buy this game that I already own in like three other platforms again." Okay. <laughs> yeah. So and you've never beaten That I've never beaten. Um, <laughs> it's the Nintendo Ah, yeah. Uh. yeah, so I'm one of those guys. So I, I picked this thing up and like I said, it was maybe about ten bucks and um, I I noticed when I was playing, I was like, My God, this looks really, really familiar. And I <laughs> Okay, I mean obviously, yeah, it's Final Fantasy One and yes, I have played you know, a bit of it before, but I'm talking like just the visual things and I, from what I gather, this is more or less kind of like a 3D port of like the current mobile versions, maybe even a bit of the PSP stuff thrown in there. I mean, they have the uh, stuff from, I believe, the PlayStation version where they had like the CG movies and stuff like that. There's something at the start of the game showing that. So, I mean, in, if you're looking for something that's like a completely brand new remake of Final Fantasy, I'm pretty sure this isn't it. Um, wait, wait wait
4: CG intro movie so it's like this glorious CG intro and then it goes to like this 8-bit sprite yeah
1: well I mean with this remake too I mean they're not exactly like the NES or Famicom sprites it's kind of like okay. more like a Super Nintendo-y type of thing and you know kind of gotcha. more cleaned up backgrounds and stuff and not not so much of like the, the bullshit you'd have in the original version where you choose to attack a guy and you died and now you're just attacking thin air <laughs> you know <laughs> you know they, it's it's they've been even with all the re-releases and stuff they've kind of fixed that throughout the years and that stuff still remains intact and um but yeah i mean the aside from the content being largely the same as pretty much every release of this game over like the past like 15 years um the new thing they added you know obviously like i said is the 3d effect on this which is when you have that thing cranked all the way up, man, it's a bit jarring. It's like you almost feel like you can like just reach into the screen and you know crush your eye. It's I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of I don't know. It seems like a bit much. So I kind of turned it down a little bit when I'm playing. But
4: <laughs> the 3D was too much for you. Yeah, to and handle. I'm
1: the I'm the kind of guy that always has the 3D turned up all the way too. So it's yeah, it's kind of a shock to me.
4: Well, you said that when I was complaining about how. That the original 3DS, you know, the 3D, I never used the 3D, it just didn't work for me. And you you were the defenders of it, right? Like, you could always play a game in 3D, even on the old 3DS, right? Yes. I just, yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I I was thinking, what, am I, like, alone in this? But, like, every single, like, podcast I listen to, it's all the people who have experienced the new 3DS always say, like, oh, finally, I can play games in 3D, things like that. So I guess the other way to
1: I guess so. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The 3D effect on the original systems were not as good as what it can be, what it is now on the new 3DS. But I mean, as long as you have that thing held at a very <laughs> held very steadily <laughs> and like you know twenty centimeters away from your face, then you're probably you just okay. It's this
4: like vice like grip. I think. I just imagine you locked in this like you know twenty degree yeah. angle. Man, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you.
1: Last year when I was playing Bravely Default for like sometimes five or six hours at a time or something. I mean, I would, I don't know. My body would ache. I could go to bed and like, feel like I went to like work at to work at a factory or something.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Ask me about my experiences with the virtual boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did did you have the head strap and
2: have a strap to your head? I don't know. I don't know if it was such a thing, but I just put it on my desk. No, it it was way too heavy for a head strap.
4: (laughs) Oh man, this uh oh, talk about a gamer's problem, right? You go into work and it's like, God, my arms are aching. It's like, whoa, you been pumping weights there, pumping iron there, man? It's like, no, I've been playing the virtual boy, I've been, playing, been playing on the 3DS, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> that's a that's a it's a, a call that sounds all too familiar that I've heard throughout my life. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, back to Final Fantasy, I mean, I haven't really been doing too much stuff with it. I've been kind of just grinding to prepare myself for any, you know, upcoming bullshit (laughs) that probably will happen. So, it probably doesn't... Just in general? Yeah, it probably won't matter how... I can probably level up to level 100 and it won't even fucking matter, but... (laughs) Sarcastic, (laughs) you know, being sarcastic here, but, you know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably keep playing it a little bit. I. Ideally, i like to beat another Final Fantasy game. Maybe this just isn't the one that I should be focusing on.
2: <laughs> I want to ask you about some gameplay details. Okay. Like, okay. Let me preface this with my experience with Final Fantasy 1. I. Uh, I played through Final Fantasy 1 on the NES when I was very young. I liked it a lot. It's hard to play through when you have siblings because there's only one save file. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I did beat it. I liked it. Then I played uh years later the GBA remake mm-hmm. and it ma- it made the game way easier and it was very disappointing to me because like <laughs> I already knew the game well why do I need to play you know a baby proof version of it <laughs> so I want to ask about this new version like does it I don't know how much experience you have with the old versions but like does it seem easy?
1: I you know I I would think that it does it does seem a bit easier. I mean, I played through a bit of the original one like back in the day for the NES and yeah, that that's pretty rough. It's a pretty rough game. I mean, there's some broken stuff that's just the just a product of the time,
2: you know, where they just weren't thinking
1: about some things.
2: But Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I just had some memories about uh the finer gameplay details about like you know there were weapon effects that didn't even work, or they won't weren't <laughs> they weren't coded right. <laughs> but like like original version, uh, if you have a spellcaster, like they can only hold up to nine charges of a level of spell. If you know what I mean, they could only cast like nine level one spells, mm-hmm. and and that's if you were leveled up. <laughs> like you start with like one, and then you have to go back to the inn. And then, you know, the GBA remake made that easier. and Well, know, if, this I, is,
4: if this is like an iOS slash, you know, PlayStation yeah, remake, you it's bound to be w- way easier, right? I would yeah. It, Super baby version, even more than the GBA, probably.
2: Yeah, so this will be your training wheels. And then <laughs> when, once you finish it, like... Get an emulator on your phone.
1: Well, I do. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous because I have the original Famicom Virtual Console version on my three. ds also. Oh my.
2: God. <laughs> okay, so You're me. which I've, I mean, played a bit. I, I love the original because you know it's fast and brutal as far as a turn-based RPG goes. It's it's like the it's the Quake One of RPGs, and that's why I like it.
4: <laughs> hey, since we got Minoru on the show. Um Minari, do you remember when this game first came out in Japan? Because obviously uh, none, of yes, us, yes. none of us westerners got to see it until years later, or in my case never. <laughs> <laughs> um so do you did you actually get the original Famicom game back in whenever, nineteen whatever, 80s? Uh
3: uh my brother uh had a copy mm-hmm. and uh I I've played it um, just a little, yeah. Were you in, like,
4: elementary school or something at that
3: time? How... Yes. Did you erase his save file? Uh, I mistakenly erased my save file, and I stopped playing it. <laughs> of course, of course. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Where were your parents when you needed them? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, but, Tai, uh, I, this does feel a lot easier. I mean, I'm just when i first started out like the first battle was like wow those guys went down really easily and yeah obviously it's the beginning of the game but i remember them being at least a little bit tougher in the original you know nes version
2: yeah like, i feel like in the nes version you hit a brick wall right around the time you go to the marsh cave and you have to grind ogres for hours oh, to...
1: yeah that's what I, that's my best or worst memory of the nes version yeah i mean those <laughs> right, guys are like, brutal
2: once you get over that hump, I feel like you don't have to level for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 is that is the big obstacle of the game. That's that's
4: the, that's the training mode.
2: That's that's the the marsh cave. Oh. <laughs> hope you like poison status. Oh God, don't say that.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me about it. I got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. So, Ty, I mean, if, unless you have any other questions you want to ask about the game that I've
2: basically only played through just grinding, <laughs> um, yeah. that's about it. Okay. I'm very skeptical about your need to grind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, since I basically have nothing else to
1: say about this, um, we'll go ahead and take another quick break and be back with some more new business on the other side of this musical break. on with new business
2: oh yeah uh so i've been busy except when i've been having guests over so i've been exclusively playing easy to play multiplayer fighting games starting with smash brothers of course um so have you, I've,
4: have you done the eight play yet
2: I, i've had eight people over but the most i've had over at a time is seven so, oh, so close. So close. I I did play eight player at final round bats last month. Nice. And I will again the day after recording, because I don't have a hot date on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, playing Smash Brothers. I rather enjoy that they're they updated to allow more people to play on eight player on various stages was like about a quarter of the stages before now it's like about half the stages are okay for eight player
4: did they actually change anything i heard one of the stages like the mario kart one now doesn't have the cars in or something like that but yeah is, like like is there anything it, else changed
2: yeah lots of stuff like uh basically any stage that has like uh like a unique mobile moving part hazard is gone like you know the um, the xeno gears stage like doesn't have the the giant asshole to come and wreck your shit (laughs) so uh, so like uh, on five to eight player mode like all the stages are static gotcha yeah and i i am mad or rather salty (laughs) (laughs) that i still apparently can't use custom stages for eight player say what yeah i didn't know that yeah unless like i don't know they arbitrarily moved it to a hidden place on the menu, which I was yes. not put pass them. This game has the worst menus of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't use custom stages on eight player, and I do not understand why. You
4: know, I couldn't believe when I read it that this game is sixty frames per second in ten eighty. Is that ten eighty p? Is that for real? Z ten eighty p?
2: Um. I think so. I mean, I haven't seen my frame rates drop. I don't know if it's actually running on 1080p, but I assume that's, yeah, that's what it I is. Read.
1: That's yeah. what, I mean, that's Nintendo's been kind of saying that about all their stuff. Like whereas stuff on the PS3 and 360 would, I don't know, sometimes just be like 720 or lower. Like, but like
4: all the initial Wii U first party games were 720.
1: Like ah uh, well yeah uh, Mario U or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff recently, it's all of it's been 1080p allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: I wonder if it's 60 still in A player. I don't
2: know. I think so. That's crazy. I mean, I have a pretty good eye for this sort of thing, if I do say so. <laughs> <There you. laughs> so, yeah, Smash Brothers. Um, that's fun. I haven't actually played in any tournaments for it. We'll see how that goes. I did watch like the grand finals of Apex. You know, I was perusing the eShop
1: on the Wii U today and I saw something that said Mino, maybe you know about this because I just glanced at it really quickly. It said something like Kids Smash Brothers Tournament Japan or something. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: And they had like a 12 minute video or something that I did not watch.
2: (laughs) Uh, Me neither. neither. (laughs) Yeah. What venue hosted that? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Because I have a photo of uh, Smash Brothers running in a Babies R Us store.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, I couldn't have asked for better trolling material.
4: (laughs) I think there've been a couple, right? There've been a couple of Smash Brothers tournaments. Yeah, I've seen. uh, I think I know what you're talking about, Danny. Like, um, is it the Smash Brothers official? Twitter account. They've been tweeting pictures of like. This
1: was monuments. just this was just on the e yeah. shop as like a video. Oh, and the oh, on the. Like show, a yeah. button, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah.
4: Apparently, I follow Smash the Japanese Smash Brothers Twitter account. I didn't know I did. No, I think I, I do. I, yeah, I
1: think I do too. Because sometimes I see stuff and I'm like, "Oh, okay, great."
4: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're doing them. You do They're doing them. They don't really advertise them very much.
1: But <laughs> yeah, they <doing> <laughs> yeah. don't want people that are good to come, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry, Ty. Go ahead, man.
2: Well, I think that about covers it for Smash. Uh, if a tournament pops up around here like, and I hear about it, I'll probably enter. We'll see. I haven't oh. even decided on a favorite character yet.
4: Tournament mode is coming. It's going to be patched in, right? Like, uh, I don't know if it's going to work like Mario Kart 8, where you can set out a code and get people to join or something. But that would be cool. We could have, like, a Famicast tournament
2: online tournament
4: (laughs) Uh, yeah and then ty wouldn't be able to play because he would be so disgusted
2: yeah pretty much (laughs) like like, i kind of don't see the point
4: i'll 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 put my name in as you and then lose
2: that's (laughs) okay
4: disgrace your name
2: all right that's fine (laughs) that's fine uh so the other games i've been playing have also been like silly party multiplayer fighting games So, let's talk about Gang Beasts. I don't think most people have heard about this, but the people who who have played it swear by this game, especially me. It's one of those simple, brilliant games that only comes along once in a while. So, um...
4: Is it better than Mario Party?
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what isn't, really? (laughs) So, it's, um... Yeah, it actually has 8 player mode now. It's it's on PC. I think it would do great on consoles. It it's actually designed for console controllers. So, it's like um it's like a 3D free-for-all fighting game, but it has the feel of like uh like a physics game for assholes. <laughs> so so you have these really simple characters and you move around, you have a left punch, a right punch, and, like, jump and duck. And your character is constantly affected by inertia and stuff. So, so you can hold a punch button to grab onto things. And the only goal is to throw your opponent, like, out of whatever stage you're in. And you do that by grabbing onto them, pressing the button to raise your arms, and then moving so that you can drop them off.
4: So, it's kind, so of, kind of like DK's throw in, in Smash Brothers, like you can pick people up and throw them off if you want.
2: Mm, there's a, there's a lot more struggling involved, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like like it's hard to lift guys up that high, so they're constantly wiggling around like they're made of jello, and also probably punching you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you do that, and as you play, like y- you find the stages get more and more ridiculous, like. The basic stage is like a wrestling ring, right? You just throw them out of the ring. And then you start, like, getting these catwalks and moving trucks (laughs) and factories full of meat grinders. (laughs) And, like, all you can do is laugh. The game is so funny. Nice. Um, You can actually download the older beta version for free off the developer's website. Or you can get it on Steam Early Access, and that version has full eight players and some new features as they update. So, I mean, at least try the free version. Look up some YouTube. There's some really good YouTube videos. I think maybe there was a video of the Giant Bomb guys playing on eight player. Gang Beasts. Yes, Gang Beasts. <laughs> awesome. It's kind of, kind of a misleading name. It should be like, I don't know. Cute Jello Men, <laughs> 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 or well, <laughs> wrestling game for assholes.
1: Name patent <laughs> pending.
2: Yeah. But
1: Ty, I have a couple of uh, important questions. Actually, I want to ask about this. One, uh, so this is coming to the Wii U, right?
2: It should, but I don't think it is. Number two, how many
1: amiibo have you used with this game so far? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: a friend gave me some Disney Infinity figures. I'm trying to figure out how to like. Install Linux on them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> did anybody bring amiibos to your parties at your house, or did you mm-hmm. wouldn't even let them through the door if they had? To?
2: No, nobody else even owns a Wii U. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there you go.
2: Yeah. So, Gang Beast, try it and love it. All right. And next game I've been playing is not that different. It's Lethal League. You may have seen it or played it by now. It's um, it's like a 2D, four-player kind of game where you fight in a box arena, a closed box. You can't directly attach, attack each other, but there's a ball. And you hit the ball, and if it hits someone, they get knocked out. So you try to hit the ball. Every time you hit the ball, it gains momentum. So it becomes very hectic, very quick.
1: Yeah, I think, weren't you talking about this? We were talking about this around Christmas, because then we started talking about, like, Tekken Ball. Or maybe yeah. I'm just thinking of our talking. Yeah, about Tekken Ball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure
2: I mentioned it before, but I've been playing the, this, like, earnestly now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I think I, I also made an analogy about driving a golf ball in a tile bathroom. <laughs>
1: yeah that sounds familiar
2: (laughs) yeah so basically uh the my pc in my front room has become more of a console lately i've been just i hooked it up to my big screen and we've been playing multiplayer games on it Hmm. so yeah and i kind of think pc gaming might trend in that direction Mm -hmm. that's cool man yeah lethal league is fun it's cheap it's on steam get it So that wraps it up for me. Cool.
1: All right, man. Well, um, we'll again take one last break, and then James is going to go ahead and close out new business for us. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and uh, yeah, do your thing. So last episode,
4: I mentioned that I got uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy for super cheap, and uh, I, well, I, I can't really talk about it much. All I did was I played to the first save point of Metroid Prime One, One, and Two. You play games like how I play.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: Well, yeah, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Had to had to delete uh, Lego City Undercover because it didn't have any space to install this and then uh, i'm gonna have to get my external hard drive and reinst re-download that and put on there. anyway I got it put on this is the first time i played a wii game on my wii u because i don't own any uh, european wii games because all my wii games are american if you remember the um the classic british guy in japan with an american wii syndrome <laughs> Literally, no one else does. Um.
2: Can you edit in, like, a bald eagle screech, like, right here?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I've got, like, a shelf full of Wii games that I'll probably never play again. But anyway, um, if anyone wants to swap American games for European versions, I'd be up for that. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, yeah. (laughs) It was a bit weird, you know, like um, playing, I've never like I said, never played a Wii game on the Wii U and yeah, it's a bit weird, it asks you if you want to play on the gamepad or on the TV and if you select gamepad then you kind of uh, you have, it's kind of like mirrored on the TV constantly and you you have to get your Wii remote and your sensor bar out and everything, like if you want it just on the TV you need a sensor bar, but if you do it on the gamepad, you can use the gamepad as a sensor bar, but then that's you know, you have to kind of point it at that you know, kind of thing. So it's a bit awkward. And I like to, I think I've said this before, like, I like to listen to the game music through the gamepad, you know, so I start blasting out the TV in the middle of the night. And obviously, I can't have my headphones into my gamepad and be pointing the Wii pointer at that at the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's kind of a bit of a pain there. So in the end, I have to use my sensor bar and, uh, Putting that thing in again is just a pain in the ass. Just reminds me how annoying it is. Have to buy a, you know, wireless one or something. But anyway, yeah, game runs fine. You know, it looks exactly the same. It's kind of interesting playing the first one with the Wii Pointer controls. And I think, I don't know if I want to play all three again, because, like, I've completed the first one maybe four or five times Mm. through to completion. Mm. And the, th- the, th- the third one, uh, I think I've only completed through the once, but, you know, that was enough. It's not like I didn't like the game, but just I didn't love the game. And two, I think I've famously said this before, I've never completed because I gave up because I just didn't like it.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so I'm, th- I'm hoping that this improved trilogy version will inspire me to complete the second one. I definitely want to at least complete, you know, the second one so I can say I've done the whole trilogy. We'll see how that goes. Um, but onto games I've actually been playing properly. Um so I actually played through this ages ago, but I've just kind of um been playing other games, been talking about other games on the Famicast. Um so the thought thought finally finally get around to playing a couple of eShop games I picked up over the Christmas break um on the three DS eShop. Uh, which is uh, My, uh, SteamWorld and Mighty Switch Force, And they were both on offer over the Christmas holidays, which is pretty cool. Um, I think maybe like, I don't know, 200 yen for Mighty SwitchForce. Oh, man. And SteamWorld Dig was maybe, I don't know, 400 or something like that. Okay. And um, I didn't actually have quite enough credit on the eShop to buy both at the time. But then I remembered, hey, wait a sec. They did that Suica card update. <laughs> so um I, I think i was i think i was short like 120 yen or something to buy both so I, yeah i just got my you know my train card my Suica card out my wallet and just like yeah push the Suica top-up thing and you can push you know exact change or whatever so you know comes up with 120 yen and then just, i just literally touched my card on my 3ds and it went beep yep and then my wife kind of turned around and was like why did your three d s make the sound like a s like a Suica card <laughs> system, and I'm like, um, don't worry about that I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sec- secretly buying games, <laughs> um so yeah that's it was yeah incredibly easy, and, right uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, there's a kind of a unique beep that it makes when you buy stuff in you know convenience stores or whatever, and the <laughs> three d s kind of makes a similar sound, so it's kind of funny. So yeah, that yeah that works great. I was going to say,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I tried this out on the Wii U over the summertime because they had like this campaign thing going and stuff. But yeah, man, it's super easy. And yeah, now with the feature, with the new 3DS actually featuring the built-in NFC. Yeah. And then they released this feature sometime over maybe late last year. Yeah, man, it's it's something that you can do easily. It's great.
4: Yeah, that's kind of one downside about, um, you know, me having a British Wii U is that obviously the Suica system is not, part of the the european e-shop um but i th- i don't know i got a feeling that they could bring it in because um the touch and pay cards are kind of gaining popularity in the uk and i think recently i got a card update and i think it might even have it in so i don't think it's just a matter of time before they do that which is which will be dangerous because then i can just touch my british credit card on there and buy stuff without even thinking about it (laughs) like it's not real money right Mm -hmm. Uh, so but yeah um so steam world dig is awesome i really really got addicted to this and i yeah i was playing it like on the trains like every single day it's kind of it's a very easy game to just pick up and dig for a bit get some treasure you know trade it in for some cash and um your guy and stuff it's Like uh, I guess it's the kind of same addiction that Minecraft people have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that kind of just a short burst. It's fun to do stuff. So yeah, that was awesome, and I I I completed it, you know, just towards the end of the 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 winter break. And uh, yeah, it's got like one boss at the end, which is a bit disappointing. You know, it would have been nice to have a few. I think a sequel to this would be yeah, I would lap that up. I would love a sequel to this game. I think it would be awesome to have like multiple bosses and. Make it maybe a little bit longer. But yeah, it's an awesome game. Definitely recommend it if you haven't already got it.
1: Well, ImageInform is working on stuff, and I'm, they might have even already actually... I thought Coswar saw like press releases about their new game, um, SteamWorld Heist, right? Um, you heard of that? Um, no, it's, it's, no. Yeah. Uh, are you saying no that I'm wrong, or no that you haven't heard of it? <laughs> yes. I haven't heard of it. Yet. <laughs>
4: okay. I'm going to go with both.
1: Um, yeah, unless this is something I shouldn't be talking about. I <laughs> I am pretty sure this is like public knowledge. But um no, it's it's not like the same type of, it's not like a direct sequel. You're not know, doing the same type of gameplay thing. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit different from what I remember. And oh god, i have to pull up the details and people out there and listening to the podcast are like, Hey idiot, it's this or that and I'm like, Yeah, I know. Cool.
4: <laughs> but so the same guy ga- the same character. Same
1: what? kind of like aesthetic type of stuff, I guess, and same mm-hmm. you know, the same creators, so I mean they, they kinda yeah, well, I'm assuming it's the same type of stuff. So
4: cool, cool. Yeah, I could dig it. Mm-hmm. Hey, so <laughs> and so yeah, going from like loving that, and then I mean, the reason why I got Mighty Switch is I mean, it was also it was ridiculously cheap, like I said. But like, um, I remember this being in like you know Game of the Year discussion maybe a couple of years ago. Was it the Wii U version or something like that?
6: Um, yeah, I mean,
4: this game has been out for a while, right? Right. I mean, um. Um, maybe it was it came late to Japan because obviously you know um, you need to have a Japanese publisher, right? No, like this <laughs> Steam,
1: this yeah, this World did came out incredibly late, and uh, like yeah, when so
4: you got like an indie
1: pub, you know,
4: an indie developer, and it's like yeah, let's release our game in Japan. It's like okay, well, where's your offices? Like, <laughs> give me, give me your j- Japanese office. I mean, it's like it's like freaking we. Um, shop channel type bullshit, isn't it? Right. Like, back in those days, you know, you had to have an office.
1: Yeah. It's just... Yeah, the the same type of rules applies to Japan, probably because it's just expected, and people here don't really, you know, think much of it, but this shit this doesn't fly in the West anymore because it's ridiculous.
4: Yeah, and I I asked um, the the developer of uh, Retro City Rampage and he's yeah he said pretty much the same thing you know too expensive and also the you know translation costs and stuff so yeah we will never have Retro City Rampage in Japan ever <laughs> for that for that reason you know not on the Wii the Wii U or the 3DS so
2: well if it's so on it's... Steam it's out in Japan <laughs> there
4: you go there you go um so yeah, anyway yeah might switch Force... um <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of like a bit disappointed by this game, to be honest, because like it was so—I don't know—I just had all this kind of like you know listening to you know connectivity. I think Zach Miller is a huge advocate of this game, and you know I usually agree with Zach on most uh, games. You know, aside from games involving well solely involving boobs, (laughs) Um, you know, generally on the same page. But word,
5: Mm,
4: it's kind of like. I don't know, kind of like average, I guess. I it would just I was just expecting so much more. I mean, it's so basic. I mean, you you start it up and it's just like a list of levels. It's just like, I mean, you just start up level one, go, and there. there's no explanation or whatever. You just start, and um, yeah, I mean, people know what Mighty Switch Force is, but it's just like, yeah, um, it's it's a puzzle game, a pl- you know, puzzle platformery game where you. You move blocks in and out of the screen and uh, to, you know, make platforms or whatever. <clears throat> but I just find the interface kind of like a bit bare bones and like the the radar in the bottom screen doesn't really do anything useful kind of thing. You know, it'd be nice to have like a map on that or something like that, but it doesn't. Um, or just like dots about, you know, the things that you're supposed to collect, the, um, the bad guys you're supposed to pick up on the level to complete the level. It would be nice if they were kind of, displayed as dots or whatever on the screen but it's not you know it's kind of like a kind of wasted opportunity but yeah meh it's all right <laughs> but yeah SteamWorld Dig is awesome yeah definitely recommend that Danny Danny if you haven't got that no three I days.
1: I actually I played that a, pretty much a year before you did <laughs> like yeah. almost literally like a 2013 uh you know winter vacation type of stuff I bought it and on I which system a 3 and on my North American 3DS. Um, there you
4: go. Because
1: I, I, yeah, I'd heard so much about it. I really enjoyed Don. He had an interview with the the guy that, uh, from Image and Form and stuff, and it was just, yeah, you know, it was a really cool story. That's something if you're really interested about that company and kind of how the, the hectic it was to release that game just in the West. It's a really fascinating interview that Don did with the guy back August 2013. That that's definitely something you might want to get to listen to. But after listening to that and then. I think talking to Don about it and then just hearing so many other good things, I just downloaded it myself and, yeah, I, I think I beat it in just a couple of days. I really, really dug it. Hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Unintentional there. Yeah,
4: I mean, it doesn't have that much text. I mean, it does have, you know, a, f- a few paragraphs of text that would need to be translated. Sure. They have done it and they've, they've even translated the, you know, the title screen and everything. So, you know, they did a, you know, decent job in translating it to Japanese, so good on them yeah so yeah
1: that's it cool all right well that's gonna go ahead and wrap up new business on the other side of this break we're gonna have a very very small bit of news and then we're gonna go ahead and get on with the episode 50 shenanigans or whatever the hell james who is kind of (laughs) de facto in charge of this stuff for whatever reason because he's (laughs) which is probably a good thing uh (laughs) so we'll have some more of that stuff for you guys on the other side of this so stay tuned (music) i i <music> We're back on the other side of this, and I have a little tiny bit of news here for you. This, I mean, there's been a quite a bit of stuff going on here in the realm of Nintendo in Japan. But one thing I kind of wanted to bring up that I haven't heard a lot of other places talking about is uh, it, this probably isn't something that you guys out there in the West even think about very often. But you know, you guys get digital rewards on Club Nintendo all the time. Soon, no one's going to get any rewards <laughs> on Club Nintendo. <laughs> um, but You know, for the longest time, aside from a very limited number of exclusive games, like the Advance Wars game that was released only through like a Club Nintendo promotion type of thing, and then available just on the Club Nintendo thing, and then, uh, you know, a couple other little digital Picross games and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, there basically has never never really been a good selection of this stuff. But now, with kind of like the (laughs) closing excuse me, of Club Nintendo, Uh, they have a ton of virtual console stuff up there, a lot of digital games. Uh, This is stuff for, you know, not just, you know, the Wii, which there are a lot of (laughs) Wii games on there, which is kind of unfortunate. But there are, you know, a lot of things on there for 3DS, a lot of things on there for... You mean physical
4: Wii games? No, no, no,
1: no, 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 digital, like virtual console stuff. Well,
4: there aren't that many... Wii games digitally, right? There's only like four virtual
1: five. console stuff. I mean, on Club uh, Nintendo for basically you pay, you know, hundred points, and then you get, you know, this or that. But so the ones that haven't been,
4: you know, uh, upped for Wii U, they're just like regular Wii. Well, some, Wii some games. of them have
1: been. Like, let's see, what's one here? Well, (laughs) oh, but they're giving you the old version. Yeah, sometimes like Mario Kart, (laughs) you know, Super Mario Kart on Super Nintendo. It's the Wii version, so So
4: they're giving you it for free. But then you have to pay to upgrade. Yeah, so I mean, (laughs) eh,
1: it's kind of lame. But actually, you know what? Speaking of physical Wii games, there actually is one physical Wii game on Club Nintendo Uh, Japan. I I know what it is. Is
4: it Excite Yep,
1: that's right. And that is a whopping 1,000 points. And just so you know, you get a, for per game, you get about somewhere between 40 to 60, depending on if you do the follow up surveys and stuff here. So, I mean, right now I'm sitting pretty on 950 points. And I was mm-hmm. always thinking about just getting Excitebots because this is, this is an exclusive thing in Japan. This is not something that was released, uh, you know, in retail, <laughs> as far as I know.
4: I've seen this in uh, Book Off.
1: I, I have too. Like... <laughs> I saw for like 3,000 yen. So, it's was like, yeah. wow, I spent like, you know, $900 to, <laughs> to get this many points. <laughs> but That's
4: really is, it, is it like literally, it's like 14 full pre- retail games to get that,
1: right? Probably something. something like yeah, that. basically. But the, the one thing that yes. caught my eye, which was at the very top of the original goods list, was the Nintendo prepaid number for 4,000 yen. And to get this, I mean, this is, you know, just like a prepaid card, just a digital version. And if you have 800 points, you can get that, 4,000 yen worth of stuff. And, yeah, I'm probably just going to take my 950 coins, put most of it towards that, and then maybe pick up, I don't know, F-Zero or something for Game Boy Advance on Wii U because that's where it belongs, right? Uh, (laughs) Don't
4: do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. or maybe Super Mario Pinball or something. Uh, I'm not sure.
4: Well, I guess we could use this opportunity to lament the end of, you know, Club Nintendo. <clears throat> I mean, people always look to Japan as being the best, so you know, quote-unquote best rewards. I mean, there's been a few cool things, you know. But, like, you know, the Super Famicom uh, controller for the Wii, which eventually made it to the West, right?
1: To, I think, Australia or maybe Europe or both of them, but never North America as far as oh, I never know. never North America, okay. I don't think so
4: the purple button one never made it i guess um what else has there been um well they've yeah the hanafuda cards obviously that started off in japan but then eventually they made it across to the west as well right
1: yeah yeah i got actually from club nintendo north america i have the hanafuda cards that's at one point i just had tons of points i was like yeah i'm just gonna get these and i have them and they're somewhere in america <laughs>
4: <laughs> the uh the pencil case that i uh that i take to school with me every day is um from club nintendo it's like a a long dark blue pencil case and it but inside when you unzip it it's got all kind of retro 8-bit um icons and stuff inside it's pretty cool i i didn't actually get that myself because you know i never have enough club nintendo points to get anything because um yeah i've probably said this before but like you know having games split across three regions i never have enough in any region <laughs> sure
1: i think yeah that, that's why for me that's why i kind of went all in with the japanese stuff with yeah, you know best. with the 3ds and wii u because you know it gives me tons of points and yeah i mean i got like back in 2012 there was a polo shirt that you can there's a lot of different options you could pick the color of the shirt you can pick from like one of six different little icons from different games like a donkey kong mario zelda stuff like that so i have like a Cool, exclusive, personalized Club Nintendo polo shirt. That's a little bit tight on my shoulders because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not Japanese. It's like a Japanese XL, but yeah, in it's... reality that's an S. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit snug, you know. But uh, <laughs> I've worn it a few times and just proudly and snugly, <laughs> you know. But I said,
4: um, you know, um, I just remembered that my my brother-in-law, my Japanese brother-in-law. Um, uh, he actually is really into Club Nintendo, and he had a ridiculous amount of points, and he pretty much got every single reward going. And um, he actually had the Super Famicom controller, mm-hmm. but he never really like used it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he kind of got lots of games, but he and got all the points and got all the rewards, but then didn't actually really do anything with them. was kind of bit weird yeah for me
1: with that with that controller i found it at some used shop for 3000 yen and i got it so
4: like i remember like i was gonna i was like okay next time they come over to our place i'm gonna ask him if i can if i can just like have it or (laughs) if i can if i can buy it from him or whatever and and when they came over and he said oh no i just like traded it in for like you know 2000 yen or something i was like dropped to my knees and went no (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man that was annoying uh, most recent thing I got, I think, was some like Luigi hand towels or something. Oh no,
1: yeah, I got those too. Um,
4: <laughs> those are pretty cool. Yeah,
1: I have a, actually I have a lot of the Nintendo hand towels here, and you know, I, I don't know about the UK, James, and mm-hmm. but you know, here in Japan and Minoru, you could probably back me up on this. <laughs> uh, but you know, in the summer months, you're walking around, it's really hot, and you're you know, in America, we're just moving from one air-conditioned place to another. <laughs>
4: oh, you're talking about sweating. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're moving from your house to a car that's air-conditioned, and then to another building that's air-conditioned, and you don't really have to sweat if you're not. You know, it's just kind of the way it is. But you know, here it's, you know, extremely humid, and you're maybe walking to go to the train station, and you know, then you get on the train, and you're really hot because everyone's pushed up against your body, which you may or might not like. <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're sweating like a maniac and it's awful. <laughs>
4: this is kind of a weird thing to be talking about when I'm freezing my arse off. <laughs> like, for those that don't know, Japanese houses are not insulated at all. Mm-hmm. So the the temperature that it is outside is the same inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> to talking about humidity and sweating, not really. Not really a time, not <laughs> a place, Danny. Well, you know, I'm
1: <laughs> I think outside the box. <laughs> but
4: um, the, you know... I, you know, a, a lot of North American people complain about Club Nintendo and how they, well, especially when the website just like crashed through the past couple of weeks. <laughs> but like the European one, I mean, they had some good ideas. Like it was, it was called Stars in the European one. Like you got Stars, you know, the. The whole point scale was very different mm-hmm. um, across all three regions. It was all weird, right? Right. Like, some people say stars, stars others say points.
5: Mm-hmm. Coins. The value that
4: you get from each game is totally different. Sure. You know, it's just a oh, just complete mess. I'm kind of glad that they're just, you know, scrapping the whole thing and making a new system. But, um, yeah, the European one, they had some good things, like, occasionally, like, physical things. But most of the <laughs> the infamous things that they used to have were, like, um, ringtones and <laughs> uh, wallpapers, which you actually pay the stars for. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, you would literally be paying whatever, the equivalent of, like, you know, £10 for a, a JPEG.
1: Yeah, no, they they had those on Club Nintendo North America, too. That was ridiculous. Not the, I don't know about the ringtones, but, yeah, wallpapers. I was like, I'm not spending a hundred of my yeah. duty duty whatties or whatever on this crap. I mean, that's bull, man. Come on. Or, like,
4: you know... A, aim icons, you know, like uh, <laughs> A, A, AOL <laughs> icons, things like that. That kind of level, it's just ridiculous. But they they did actually almost salvage it by offering real uh, Wii point uh, Wee shop points, uh, which you could trade in. I think they were the only region to do that. Like um, you could even just like hundred points, two hundred points, you could get, you know, four hundred points, so you could ch- you could trade your stars for that. Um, and the, I checked it most recently because I think I had a few points left over, and um, they haven't updated it. So <laughs> if you try and trade in your stars, it's actually for the Wii Shop Channel points. You <laughs> can't actually get We uh, We UE Shop points.
1: Perfect <laughs> <So> <laughs> progress.
4: They haven't updated it in like you know four years or whatever. It's uh it's embarrassing. So yeah, Americans, you got um you know like real uh downloads didn't you like oh, yeah. you could choose from like whatever a selection of games to download
5: from
1: yeah every and, month there's usually a different game that you can yeah. pick and stuff is great i mean when i got my my uh north american 3ds i got you know a ton of points for that mm-hmm. and um you know i think for a couple of the games i bought too so that was great so i got a couple of free games and stuff which is you know yeah. that's, that's i got i got
4: like fluidity fluidity for free i got like f0x for the n64 oh nice for free you know like loads of cool stuff. I definitely think the Americans had the best, you know, digital rewards at least. Anyway, sure. And um, Japan definitely had the best physical. Oh yeah. Rewards, and then Europe is kind of like uh, <laughs> trailing behind. Sure. Failing, failing on both points. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the new system. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a digital deluxe promotion type thing. You know. Absolutely. You get you know cash back from every purchase that you do, and you know, I'd. I'd I don't think they'll have physical rewards, but you know, I'm fine with just having, you know, digital download games and getting points and stuff. That's way more interesting and useful. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely.
4: Rest in peace. Pour one out
1: for Club Nintendo. All right. Well, now that we've poured poured them out, uh, let's go ahead and take just another quick break here on the other side. We're going to. Start talking about kind of the history of the Famicast and have a couple of other uh, exclusive interviews and segments for you that are going to be thrown in here. So on the other side of the break, look forward to that. Yay. Alright, so, the Famicast has been going on for just a little under four years now, and you know, this is episode 50, so we have kind of some special stuff prepared for you guys today, and I'm actually going to go ahead and hand things off to James, because I was way too lazy to do anything, and he did all the work, so, uh, James... It's my goddamn show! Yeah, well, I'm unimpeachable, so you cannot get rid of me, unless you want to. (laughs) so James, go ahead and take it away, man. So, yeah, I thought it
4: would be fun to kind of look back on the 50 years of Famicast. (laughs) (laughs) It's been 50 years, right? Something like that. 50 years and four episodes. Um, So, yeah, um, 2011, I'm going to take us back to. um, So, before the uh, Famicast existed, um, obviously, uh, myself and uh, Matt Walker um, were the only Japanese correspondence uh, at Nintendo World Report and uh, we were doing you know like translation and news stories and stuff charts and things like that and um, you know there was a kind of a lot of Japanese news around about that time and uh, you know lots of Famitsu scans and other things that needed to be translated and we were kind of doing that and obviously TGS and um, there was always this idea that I wanted to do. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a segment in RFN <clears throat> like just like an hour or something, or maybe half an hour at the end of RFN, where me and Matt talked about Japanese news. And uh my initial idea was to do like a, you know, short segment and then I would send it to um, you know, Greg, who was the editor of RFN at the time, to kind of copy and paste into the end of RFN. Um but, you know, it didn't kind of like work out and, you know, it was, yeah, it didn't kind of feel right to do that. And what happened, what what usually ended up happening was like either me or Matt would actually go on RFN and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, probably TGS or whatever, some big Japanese thing that was going on at the time. And the last time that happened was RFN episode 227 called National Pastime, and that was me talking about the 3DS, the as-yet-unreleased 3DS, um, because I uh, just attended the Nintendo event that uh, they held at uh, the um, Makare Messe. It wasn't TGS, it was in January 2011. And Danny, you remember this, because you actually went there, right? Yes,
1: and okay, this is really weird, because this is before, this is about a month before I actually joined the NWR staff, and I remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Cuz I I I was still on I think, you know, winter vacation and I was like, "Hey, you know, there's this Nintendo event. I'm going to go and try out the 3DS before anybody else in Japan can." And um yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I think we we've talked about this before, James, but I dude, yeah. we had to have like cross pads or something, man, because yeah. it there wasn't it wasn't Most really definitely. that big of a venue. I mean, they had a couple of, you know, boots and stuff set up that were kind of sizable, but it was nothing like TGS. It was maybe only like one of the halls. You know, like one of the buildings that they use, yeah, it was,
4: it was across the road, it wasn't in the main one, right? Okay, now, so I yeah, I the side booth, uh, side hall, yeah,
1: yeah, that was my first time back to the messe in a very long time because I think before that it was like 2007 that I had went and I, I, it was my first time ever there. So, I mean, this is like my second time ever going to Makahari Messe, and so I mean, it was like, oh, okay, here we go, let's follow the signs. <laughs> so,
4: yeah, I actually ended up doing a video. Of that event, you know. So because actually, I should have done that. I should have gone back and watched that, see if you were in the video in the background <laughs> or something like that. You could have been. They had like an awesome musical show and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of like. You know, it, well, it sounds kind of negative to say the last straw, but like that—that <laughs> that was kind of like. Well, I I was invited on R F N, and if you got like I said, you go back and listen to two two seven. That was the last time I was on R F N as a guest, and because you know. I mean, I think I was on with Greg and Johnny and obviously they had to stay up to like crazy late for to be on with me. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't do the whole show because, you know, staying up that late was just, you know, it was too much. And I was just thinking, you know, this is kinda silly, you know, like we got like all this Japanese news to talk about, you know, and we we can't do it with the RFN guys and so it's like, why don't we just do our own show about Japan and you know, me and Matt were kind of sending emails back and forth, like, you know, how would this work, or, 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 you know, how could we fill a whole show with like Japanese news? Could we do that? You know, would it be interesting? Would people want to listen to that? I don't know if they would. You know, it, it was very hard to gauge like how many people are actually interested in Japan, like Japanese gaming news and stuff. Like, you know, I hadn't heard of eight 4 at this point, by the way. I mean, I think A4 probably existed at this time, but you know, I wasn't aware of it so i didn't know of any other podcasts about japan so and um I'm not sure if matt did either cuz he never mentioned a4 at that point either so we were talking about calling it like the japan cast or something like that i think that was the you know the, the name that we were throwing around at first and then yes like like danny said a few months later danny joined uh a nintendo world report mm-hmm. and it's like okay we've got three japan correspondents here this kind of makes too much sense you know we've got to do a show like that so um yeah um march rolls around and uh you know got talking to uh, danny i think this was actually the first time i spoke to danny Mm -hmm. like ever Mm -hmm. like the show was the first time we spoke like me and danny were chatting on skype you know text skype or whatever but i never actually spoken to danny you know never heard his voice and then you know we did the skype call and that was the show you know um episode one which we recorded probably like March 8th or something like that. Right. And then um, obviously it took me like a few days to, you know, do the editing. And it was published on March 11th, 2011, which as we've mentioned before was the day of the earthquake, you know, the earthquake. And uh, so, you know, that kind of weird, crazy coincidence about, you know, the Famicast being born out of uh, the worst national (laughs) tragedy <laughs> of Japan ever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kinda of, kind of a weird and never forget it. Yeah, so that was it. Episode one, three DS Get. That was the time when uh, Matt and Danny got their three DSs and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was kind of replicated, you know, you know, what if four years later with, you know, me not getting my new three DS. <laughs> and I think uh I think we even called the episode, you know, new three D S Get. I think, uh, you know, four years later kind of mirroring the first one
1: and you know so, yeah you know and, i remember uh, i remember when he first came on staff too because uh <laughs> i think one of the things was like okay when i was talking to neil he was like a can you cover the last story b are you getting a 3ds you know and at the time you know 3ds came out about a month before it came out in north america so i was like well i plan on doing these things i guess so yeah sure why not and i could write about it and have fun and you know do all this stuff so I was like yeah that was kind of just a great opportunity for me to come on and then just yeah like I said it's doing the podcast just kind of a, a plus and
4: you know you know I was very I was still very nervous about you know having this whole other show um, you know branching out having its own RSS feed was kind of like you know well you know maybe no one actually listened to it so we we kind of asked the RFN guys if um, you know we could just Tag on the back of them and to say, let's just call this a supplementary podcast. You know, this is like, you know, you've got the main RFN show, you know, that's your, your weekly dose. You know, that's your, you know, two and a half hours of Nintendo chat. And then it's like, if you want to, you know, you can have a, you can have a listen to the Famicast. You know, it's kind of like a bonus segment, but, you know, it's a separate show. You know, you don't have to download it if you don't want to, if you're not interested. And that was just kind of like testing the waters kind of thing and uh you know amazingly people seem to really dig it so like cool you know people seem to want us to do more of these so um yeah it was i think yeah like a month later we got around to doing another episode and uh yeah so when we talked about the earthquake and everything you know the second one uh because obviously you know it we recorded it before the the first one was recorded before the earthquake and um so yeah and people were asking us to do more so yeah, we thought we'd keep going. I mean, it was like, I, I think the reason it was every month is because, like, you know, we're all kind of, like, busy. And, you know, I thought Matt wasn't working for Capcom at the time, but he was still a busy guy. And it was kind of hard for all three of us to get in, you know, the same time, at, you know, to record at the same time. So, I wasn't busy.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: So, Minoru, did you, did you hear about the Famicast, like, because you were listening to RFN at the time, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah,
3: yeah. I, also, I I also listened to Famicast, yeah. As well as, uh, are, mm, and uh, Radio Free Nintendo. So, so did you
4: hear the first ever episode?
3: Ah uh, yes, and actually I used it uh in my class as a wow. material. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Actually, yeah, this kind of rings a bell. What, what did you, what were we talking about? What did you, you use? I hope it wasn't. that... Uh, uh,
3: well, uh, you guys uh, talked about uh, Japanese media.
4: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like TV, I, I like talking about yes. Japanese TV, usually yeah. in a negative tone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, um, that was kind of like the birth of the show, you know. Um, that's why that's why until you know, kind of recently, it was always RFN presents the Famicast, you know, because it was always intended to be like a supplementary thing, you know. <laughs> but that supplementary thing kind of went on and on and on and on, and then uh, yeah, round about uh, episode four, um, you know, um, I think Matt was getting busier and busier, and it was kind of like. You know, we'd gone for like a few months without recording a show. Oh, yeah. We, we, we didn't do this. I mean, we tried to aim for every month, but, you know, if we if we couldn't do it, then we're just like, ah, screw it. We'll do it some other time. And we just didn't do it. So <laughs> the, it came about that um, me and Danny were going to meet up uh, for the first time. IRL. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> what better place than uh, Super Potato, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And that was when I got my 3DS, thanks to Danny. I think Danny got my 3DS. Yes. uh, Like just before the cutoff point for the ambassador program. Yep,
1: that's right. It was like literally days or something before. Yeah. Right.
4: So, yeah, we decided to record the Famicast, you know, live and in person from within Super Potato. And, um, (laughs) yeah, it's funny because I remember, like, later on when I talked to Billy Berghammer at uh, TGS he he actually said that he really liked that show <laughs> you know I was I was kind of worried that people would hate that cuz there was so much background noise and you know people shouting and stuff and the
1: guy stomping up the stairs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
4: <laughs> exactly but it turned out to be a really fun show and um it was kind of cool and um so yeah yeah like the TGS show you know that was cool having billy on and uh mm-hmm. that was the around about the time when we started having like lots of um like music, like eight bit music, in in between the segments of the show, and oh yeah, I should mention that Danny started editing the podcast now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I actually looked through this, and I can't believe it. I I actually only edited the first two shows. Yes.
5: <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, I remember. I remember every fucking one of those things I edited.
4: <laughs> so I think the um yeah episode. I think it was episode three. It was like a kind of a short one that was kind of Danny's like. Trial by fire. Like, <laughs> you have to edit this one. See how you get on. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, obviously Danny did a good job. So I think yeah, I think that was about the time my son was born. Right. And right. I was like, okay, dude, I'm not going to be able to edit this show. We're never going to have another Famicast you know? <laughs> if it's up to me to to edit it. You know, we're never going to have another show right. ever again.
1: And I think yeah, I just threw it out there to you. I was like, dude, look, you know, I can do this stuff. I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. And you know. I, I edit on GarageBand on my Mac, and it's uh, I, I can't really speak to the new version because from what I've seen and from all accounts from everyone else, it's absolute shit when it comes to editing podcasts. But at least this old version's it's, it's pretty good, and it makes things pretty easy to put stuff together. So it wasn't really a problem doing it.
4: Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, yeah, obviously, Danny picked it up editing very quickly, and uh, he's been editing it ever since. Um... Apart from the last couple of shows, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) where you were absent, but yeah, apart from that, pretty much every single episode, right. Um, so moving along, skipping along, I think the next standout episode has to be uh, Tanuki Onsen 3D. Um, this was uh, the one that it was just before the telethon happened, Mm -hmm. and uh, we got a kind of um, a rather bizarre. Life in Japan request to talk about onsens, <laughs> and uh, I think we kind of like well, apart from Danny who dove straight in and said <laughs> uh, all his sordid experiences.
5: <laughs> um,
4: we kind of dodged around the, the subject a bit, but I <laughs> at the beginning of like the telethon thing, I think I promised like you know if we reach you know whatever thousand dollars, you know I'll you know we'll talk about onsens live. With the A4 guys. And, you know, sure enough, (laughs) we reached the goal and, uh, yeah, we talked about it. And that was our first ever um, telethon episode with the A4 guys. And that was uh, the start of our beautiful partnership um, uh, for the telethon episodes, which is uh, pretty cool. And um, so, yeah, the next milestone I picked out was uh, Don Koopman's first episode. Uh, He started on episode seven. Uh, which was the Christmas episode. And uh, obviously, we're talking about annual gift man. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) the the Japanese tradition of, uh, um, yes, Black Santa, things like that. (laughs) 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 That all started back then. And um, yeah, so that was uh, the first new addition to the the crew. So yeah, we had like four guys. uh, Yeah, four guys or. If, if Matt wasn't on, then just the three guys on at that point. Because obviously, Don was a uh, mystery shop at the time and he was playing every single Japanese game in existence uh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was good to have him on and talk about those kind of games that we would never touch with a 10 foot barge ball. <laughs> and, and he still does that to this day. With, you know, <laughs> good luck to him. He likes playing those games on the eShop and uh Lindy and James Jones make fun of me every single week. <laughs> 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 um, the next one I picked out was um so on I was kind of like um looking for uh some I was just kind of like doing a random Google search for like Famicast, seeing like what I could uh pick up if people who were like talking about the Famicast in whatever region. And I found this blog that somebody had done about the Famicast. I didn't know somebody had done this. And they actually uh, had done a whole blog about our pizza episode. Huh. Uh, if you remember this episode called Samurai Pizza Thief. Um, I think it was the... Oh, what's that rhythm game called, Danny? The
1: Rhythm Tengoku Rhythm Heaven? None of the thief. Uh... Oh, Rhythm Thief. Is it just called Rhythm Thief? Uh, yeah, in Japan it's like... Rhythm Kaito Aru something something right, 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 Napoleon, right. whatever. Yeah, so we were talking about
4: like the um
1: Rhythm <laughs> Thief and the Emperor's Treasure. I think it's English time or something, something there like
4: you go, that. There you go. We were talking about how like pizza is so goddamn expensive and uh that website where you can play games and get discounts on the pizza <laughs> and stuff, but then it got taken down because you know people were abusing the system.
5: <clears laughs> <Good for me. laughs>
4: Um, So I thought that was pretty awesome that you know people were using our blog as a uh, uh, people using our podcast as a a way of uh, writing blogs about Japan. You know, (laughs) I thought that was kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, do people really use this podcast for like you know uh, accurate information on (laughs) on Japan? Academic studies, my friend. Academic (laughs) studies. Well,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. Scientific journals. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And then, uh, Minoru, your first ever episode um, was uh, episode 10. It was called Street Pass Tengoku. And if you remember, we actually did a video feature with Minoru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Minoru, do you remember this? Do you remember yeah. where we did it?
3: Yeah, and we recorded it uh, at Tokyo University.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, from, from right within Tokyo University, thanks to Minoru uh, for sending that up. And yeah, so we did this video feature cuz like people didn't really know what street passing was still at that point i think like you know people in the west you know they weren't doing it uh, at all Cause, you know it just didn't really uh, exist uh, outside of japan so we did a kind of a scientific <laughs> <laughs> in inverted co- uh, commas quotation marks uh video feature <laughs> about um how street passing works and uh yeah it's pretty cool and that's uh, when minoru was that, yeah, that was Minoru's uh, first ever, first ever show. So, yeah. How was it, Minoru, your first show?
3: Ah, uh, I remember I was really nervous. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Actually, yeah, I got some questions for you here, Minoru. I kind of wrote these down. Um, so, yeah, did you have, before you, before you listened to RFN, did you listen to any other Podcasts you know English or Japanese before
3: uh, yeah, uh, I started listening to podcasts uh, in 2006 or seven mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and since then I've been listening to many podcasts, uh, including um, um, non um, video game podcasts yeah cool,
4: so is it, was it just to learn to learn English?
3: Uh, basically so, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I always enjoy, uh, listening to them, yeah.
4: Did, do you listen to Japanese podcasts?
3: Uh, just a few, yeah. Right, right.
4: <laughs> so you, the, you were actually the first, you know, Japanese person to join RFN, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. How, how did you get that gig? How did you start? working for RFN. This was nothing to do with the Famicast. You, you mean NWR? Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. nothing
3: to do with the Famicast, right? Hmm. You. Yeah, somebody yeah, yeah.
4: found you. I don't know how.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, I wrote email to RFN mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and then uh, I got an email from um, Alan. And Aaron, Aaron he, Kaluska? He, yeah, 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 yeah. And he suggested me to go to
4: uh T G S, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So did you, you wrote for uh the site you wrote like uh previews about T G S Yes. Cool. Was that the time that we met up or was that before that?
3: Uh yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. It was in in two
4: thousand eleven. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you yeah, definitely would have um mm-hmm. gone to that one.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Awesome, right, right, right. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was um, that was cool meeting up there and uh, mm-hmm. playing all those great three DS games, which I don't remember any of them.
1: Hatsune Miku uh, was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, Noda, great I think we played it and had to write about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so, what else did I want to ask you? Um, so, in your your history of uh, being on the Famicast. I think you were on for... you you had a good run. I think you were on for quite a few episodes, um, I'll, which I'll tell you later. But you had a good <laughs> run. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite game to talk about
3: on the show? Mm, style savvy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, 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 I told... And, uh, how how awesome this game is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that got a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. A lot of comments uh, about that show. Because <laughs> I think it was just so out of left field, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you still play those games? Did you um, get
3: the third one?
1: No, but
3: uh, I'm going to play a new one.
1: The new one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When's that release date? April? Yeah, I think
3: so, yeah. Or May? May. <laughs> Or all of the above. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't even remember how, why you started playing that game.
3: Do, uh, do you remember why I, I, you got that game? Uh, I just like uh, fashion, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Can't argue with that. Um. Okay, so moving along, the next uh, episode was um, Danny's first try at hosting. Because um, uh, I actually went to the UK one month. Uh, I think we'd promised like once a mo- one a month at this point. Right. So it was kind of like, okay, we're not going to be able to keep this promise unless, you know, someone takes over hosting. And Danny, I remember Danny being, well, how, Danny, how did you feel about hosting that first time? Episode 14, by the way.
1: Ah, uh, you know, I knew I could do a better job than you ever could. Uh, <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I remember no. you like bricking it, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's why, I mean, being in charge of the editing, it doesn't matter how bad you screw up, you can still make it sound at least somewhat yep. natural. <laughs> that's, the, that's the benefit. You can make yourself sound awesome everyone else sounds like shit. So if if I still sound like shit, well, there's a problem with a lot of things there. <laughs> but no, I mean, no, honestly, though, I remember kind of being a little bit nervous about it or, or something, but, you know, once I, we got into the swing of things, it wasn't really a big deal at all, so.
4: It could, it could happen again, by the way. I'm planning on going back to the UK this year. So.
1: Um. Oh, God. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, it no no, you,
4: you host anyway. Yeah, What's I know. I know. It doesn't even matter now. <laughs> yeah. It's, that episode was called Ob- Objection to English." Uh-huh. So I'm assuming you, you talked about um, Phoenix Wright or something.
1: I think we talked about something about the legal system in Japan, how you're uh, guilty until proven right. innocent. <laughs> like, really. <laughs> <It> makes sense. <laughs> um.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Um so in making this list, you know, this is obviously the 50th episode, you know. Well, also I thought then I realized that um we'd actually done fi- episode 15 was actually in two parts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We actually did 15 and 152 because mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to make fun of the um the final fantasy numbering situation. <laughs> so we actually did two. So actually episode 49 was our 50th mm-hmm. episode, but I'm I'm not going to count that because it just makes things too complicated. Hmm. So, <laughs> I'm counting this as one episode. But yeah, this, this was the first time we ever did two episodes in one month. Because mm-hmm. um, I think there was like um, maybe the first ever Nintendo Direct? I don't know. Something, something like that? Oh. Uh, so there was like a huge Nintendo Direct that, that yeah, when, just after we recorded. Exactly.
1: Regardless, there was a Nintendo Direct on top of all the TGS stuff that we were doing. So it just made sense to kind of do that that particular month. But yeah at, yeah, yeah. yeah, at the time doing a cast more than once a month was something that I, I you didn't want ready
4: for, right? <laughs> not
1: really. I didn't think is, uh, I mean, it's, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, when I'm editing these things, it takes quite a while and I try to put as much time as I can, um, you know, making a quality product out, you know, out there making sure it sounds good and making sure, you know, music selections are interesting or fun or catchy. And yeah, I mean, that shit takes time, you know, um, so I yeah, always always hope that the final product is you know something that you guys out there enjoy. In the uh, the
4: second episode, the fifteen two, you talked about Ex Troopers, oh, yes. Bravely Default, uh, New Layton game, and Tomodachi Collection,
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: and Project Cross Zone.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ. That's a
4: lot of Japanese games that took a long time to come to the West, <laughs> but, but they all eventually did, right? They yeah, all eventually did. Oh, apart from me, X Troop. Well,
1: which that's please never. Understand. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's all we could say about that.
4: And then, uh, skipping along, uh, we're going to Ty's first episode. Yeah, baby. Um, Ty's first one was episode seventeen, called "Late Title Card," which is the actually the the episode when I left and Ty joined because uh i guess tai was kind of my replacement i guess because we were going to be a man down for you know from what i thought was going to be 2 years from that point uh kind of worked out a little bit less than 2 years that i was absent so yeah um obviously i knew about tai from you know the the site and um i found out that he lived in japan through through the forums i was like dude you live in yeah, japan yeah surprise I didn't know that. surprise <laughs> Yeah. yeah and um yeah I'd, I can't remember which forum thread we were, we were maybe it was a famicast forum thread
2: um, Yeah I think it, I think it, it was, was the the questions for the Japan crew thread
4: Right 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 and um your questions were kind of like highly like knowledgeable about Japan It's like you know how do you know that yeah. <laughs> and then it t- turned out you yeah you lived here. So. Yeah
2: So <laughs> yeah that was cool yeah, well, from my perspective, like, uh, well, I, I, I didn't really listen to any podcasts, let alone the Famicast. <laughs>
4: that's fine. That's fine. As long as you don't listen to any of them. Yeah, but you know,
2: <laughs> uh, on the other hand, maybe if I'm on it, I listen to it. <laughs> so. um yeah, I had no idea what's going on in the podcast world, but on the other hand, like I'm a grizzled veteran of NWR and its precursors, and you know, I I was I'm just happy to like show up, pal around, help out with coverage, and yet at the same time not have any real responsibility. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So I think
4: that's how I sold it to you because I think Ty was kind of like on the fence about joining. And I was like, dude, you don't have to be a staff member. You can just like come and troll on the podcast and then that's it. And you were like, sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, because, you know, I was just worried about a huge um, void of, you know, trolling being missing with me. not. Being oh, no,
2: we, <laughs> we doubled down. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, so Ty obviously took care of that um, very well. Now now there's both of us on the show so I'm you know I don't know if we have an overdose but
2: we <laughs> never have too much
4: no please understand <laughs> So yeah and yeah famously Danny completely ignored me in that episode that's why it was called late title because <laughs> like I I was like I was just beginning my masters course at that time and I had this like huge deadline looming I was like okay dude I'll just come on for like the, the second half and then I I came in and it's like Danny just totally didn't introduce me <laughs> for like you know 10 minutes in
1: my defense i mean yes i did say hello james how are you doing you know maybe that type of stuff so maybe in my mind it's, it's fine but we weren't recording at that i, point. I know i know I'm, I'm well aware of this now
2: <laughs> and i'm that sure was i was amazed. just hey guys what's going on
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as i ignored yeah. you too <laughs> there
4: you go That was, yeah. And I think I do actually remember being late for like a deadline after that as well. (laughs) That was a great way to start my master's course. You're welcome.
2: Yeah. So, um, I believe the first episode I was on, it was actually for the TGS episode of that year. And it was like the first time I met Danny. Yep. And so I figured, you know, I'll play some games. I'll, I'll, uh, give some impressions on the podcast. I'll meet up with Danny. It'll be fun because we have this, uh, shared experience of being, you know, in WR people. And uh I I wandered around TGS for a long time trying to find him because <laughs> I, I, I was kinda dumb. I didn't understand his uh instructions on where he was. So so like I, I would I was going up to random people like on MacBooks and saying, Hey are you Danny? And they'd be like, No man <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, you you didn't even know
2: what you look yeah. like.
4: Oh man, yeah, that would have been crazy. Yeah,
2: but I eventually found so him, and we had a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. We even came back here, and we had like
1: beer and yakitori, and it was great.
2: Yeah, and then so... yeah, like after the episode, he asked me if I wanted to be on regularly, and I said, "Sure, dude, I'm down," as long as I don't have to okay, do any so work. I did...
4: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't completely balls up this uh, list. Then you, that was your first official show, that, but you'd had appeared as a guest previously, mm-hmm. right? Gotcha. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
4: I like. It, I think it was like on the sh- show floor, wasn't it? Like, yeah,
2: we recorded on the, the show floor. Right. Well, right, 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 just yes. off of the show floor.
1: Yeah, but you can still hear the rumble in the background. So, <laughs> no matter where you are
4: in TGS, it's, it's like, a madhouse. Yeah, exactly.
2: mm-hmm. Like it's so different from E3. I don't even know where to start. Wait, I do know where to start. It's packed <laughs> shoulder to shoulder with nobodies, <laughs> <laughs> with multi-hour waits for games. Yep, E yes. three is not that.
4: Um. So yeah, um, that was uh, the end of my first se- season of the Family Cast, the first uh, seventeen episodes. And uh, I think I did come back for a brief segment on when you talked about how people came to Japan. Do I need to remember this one? Yes. I think it was like, yeah, episode 20. Uh, you were kind of interviewing everybody about how they came to Japan. Mm-hmm. I came on back for a little bit for that. Uh, that was cool. And um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Minori, your, ep- your trendsetters episode. Um, that was the live show. Um, yes episode oh. 25 this was the first kind of milestone um i i, I don't think was i did i call y- in yes I think maybe i called in and trolled you for a few minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah danny that was yeah how how was that setting up that live show because oh, I, I wasn't involved
1: my in any of this. christ that was <laughs> so oh god ty probably nailed it he's like dude why aren't we just doing this you know on my twitch which yeah in, in retrospect that probably would have just been a hell of a lot easier but you know i i wanted to do it the way that nwr had basically set up all those live streams because it saves like a file for you it does like all this stuff it streams on like this already thing that they this thing that they already have set up so i was like okay let's just try to use the infrastructure that they have without realizing how big of a pain in the ass it is to set up, especially from like knowing absolutely nothing about it to like basically having to to figure out how to get it to run. And then I remember like the live show too, like it was something like 25 minutes late because I mean I had done like multiple tests and it had worked fine. And then the day of the show, like right around the time we're supposed to start, it just wasn't fucking working. And I was, I remember for like 10 minutes I was just like sitting at my computer just doing nothing because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> just crying with your head in your. Head. I was just like, "Are you kidding me? God, please!" And I don't know how, but it eventually fixed itself, or I just did something and it started working. But um, yeah, it was pretty hectic to get set up. But once it started going, it was okay. And you know, another weird thing about when you're doing like that, like I really feel for the guys that are hosting, like during basically hosting the calls or hosting hosting calls during the live episodes in November and December and stuff because whenever you're talking you hear yourself talk and it's like about like a half a second to one second uh, delay. Man, that sucks. It's really really bizarre <laughs> and it's sometimes really hard to kind of keep track of what you're saying.
4: <laughs> but, but it was a good show right and you had people calling in right? Oh yeah. Other, other than me trolling. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah no we had some people call in it was great a lot of fun. Cool. Seemed to go pretty well.
4: So yeah, the next standout episode. Um uh, so the TGS two thousand thirteen episode, um uh this episode twenty eight for the future. This was actually Dan's last episode. Um he had a twenty one episode uh tenure, I guess. <laughs> um the reason I picked this out was um that's when we started um our artwork. We had a new um what do you call it? Album art? What do you call it? Artwork for the podcast. Right. Um, <clears throat> before that, it was just kind of this Photoshop D that I mocked up that kind of looked vaguely Famicom like, <laughs> and which we'd had, you know, for the you know twenty seven episodes. Up
1: know, all we had. Hey, I'll, I'll give you this. You did nail it. I'm looking right now on my shelf like I have one of those Famicom classic games for Game Boy Advance, and it has like that same little thing. Dude, it's spot on. <laughs> seriously.
4: But yeah, I just kind of like you know used assets from you know, the web to kind of mash it together. I'm not an artist, so <laughs> I thought it would be... Then on Twitter, um, I got uh, this follower called uh, Tony Losoya. He was uh, an artist, and he, I think he said some nice comments about the Famicast. I was like, cool, like, dude, your, your artwork is awesome. And um, I was like, would you like to do, like, Famicast artwork for us? And he was like, yeah. He, like, he seemed to be really up for it. So um started getting some ideas together about what we could do, and um, it just so happened that we all met up at, uh, what's that place get Game A-Button? A...
2: Game Bar. Game A Bar, A-Button. A- A- great <laughs> place, shout out to those guys.
4: Absolutely. So yeah, um, I think maybe on, was it Danny's recommendation, that place? Or yeah, it was Danny's. Both of you? He introduced yes, me
2: to yeah. that place. I would take credit for everything
4: even even though you couldn't find the fucking place. Oh my god, it's such
1: a pain <laughs> in the ass. It's well to find.
4: hidden. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is very well hidden. You need a, a mobile phone to find it. But anyway, so we all met up and we thought, you know, it's a good chance to get, you know, a photo op for us all together. Minoru was there too. Yes. Yeah, so we're all there, the whole crew was there, the whole Japan crew was there um uh excluding Matt, which I think he was <laughs> at this point he was he hadn't been on the show for quite a while. Um maybe yeah maybe he'd started a Capcom at this point, not in
1: the Tokyo area
4: <laughs> oh oh right, yeah, maybe he'd moved to Osaka, you know, so yeah as for, yeah, as for talking right now, awesome, uh, we all met up, and uh we took some silly photos outside, and I sent those photos to Tony. I was like, can you use these to like you know you know that what we look like, can you make them into something cool, and you know, I always like the street fighter you know. Street Fighter II, the classic Street Fighter II artwork. um, And I said, you know, use these as like, as a start-off point and uh, see what you can do. And he came back with, um, you know, the artwork. Well, the artwork that you can see now is uh, the second version of that. But, you know, if you look back, you know, we had an original version, the kind of red version. So, yeah, anyway, um, I interviewed Tony um, earlier this week. And... uh, this is what he had to say. Okay, and I am now joined by Tony LaSoya, our Famicast artist. Hi, Tony. How's it going?
6: I'm doing good. How are you?
4: I'm good. Very good. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on this little side segment.
6: Well, um, well, thank you for having me.
4: Absolutely. So, yeah, I thought I'd um, interview Tony, so to speak, and uh, ask him a few questions and um, get a little bit to know our Famicast artist our resident uh, artist on the show here. So people may know that uh, uh, Tony actually drew the artwork and um, he's actually drawn two, um, actually no three uh, pieces of artwork for the show. Um, yep. The um, the first, uh, well we had a long running kind of basic artwork that I threw together in Photoshop very quickly. But then um, uh, I became aware of Tony's work and I thought it was pretty awesome. and. Uh, you know, Tony obviously was listening to the show. I was like, okay, put two and two together. We've got an artist listening to the show. Let's see if we can uh, draw something cool for the show. And Tony was um, kind enough to uh, do that for us. And the uh, awesome artwork that you see on the show is um, done by Tony himself. So, Tony, I'm going to throw a few questions at you. And uh, please answer. Please to be answering.
6: I'll do my best.
4: Here we go. So, yeah, I thought the first question, uh, an artist-y kind of a question, Um, do you have a favorite artist?
6: Uh, yeah, I'll, not just one. I have a few. I'd say uh, Yukito Kishiro. He's the artist behind um, Battle Angel Alita, the manga series. Okay. He's probably so... the number one. i say Ooh. number two... Mm-hmm. It was pretty big for me. Is uh Torada? Okay. Have heard of him?
4: I haven't heard of him, <laughs> but okay, I'm, well. I'm like the worst person to ask. But yeah. yeah what
5: does uh, he
6: do? What is he uh, famous for? He does. Uh, he did. A, he does a couple of manga series. He did one of uh, Monkey King and Dragon Girl, I believe. It was one of his art books. I'm and sure did, there are listeners who've heard of him. Yeah, he also did the artwork for, I want to say, the first Legend of Zelda. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Like in the uh, manuals for it or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking my language. Okay. Yeah, either the, yeah, either the first one or it was... Um, Link to the Past? That's it, yeah. I think he did the artwork for that. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah.
4: So w- would you say you, those guys uh, what inspired you? I mean, have you, have you been drawing since you were a little kid? And, yeah. But when did yeah, you become?
6: Are,
4: when how, how when did you become aware of those? When did you learn those names?
6: Well, those are kind of uh, more recent. That was in the last okay. like ten years. Okay. Uh, I think um. Okay. I guess like the earliest one would be uh. You probably yeah, I you definitely have heard of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira Toriyama. Okay. Yeah,
4: it's the Dragon Ball, Chrono Trigger, that
6: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, first uh, heard of him when I uh, started watching Dragon Ball. Like back in the mid nineties or so, and then Dragon Ball Z. So, so was,
4: would you say they inspired you to, to kind of your yeah. your your style that you have today? Is that kind of what inspired you?
6: Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, I did a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z fan art mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then kind of melded a bunch of uh, various styles, kind of a, almost kind of semi-realistic sometimes, kind of so, molded into my own.
4: So you've been interested in Japanese artwork for a long time then, like since, what, like elementary school?
5: Yeah,
6: yeah, definitely. Especially wow. uh, in uh, Cartoon Network, because a the network they have in uh, America, mm-hmm. they used to have a block uh, called Toonami, and they showed a bunch of anime on there. And so after school, yeah. I'd come home and watch a bunch of anime, and that's what inspired me to draw a lot more.
4: Nice. Badly dubbed, probably.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, didn't know any better.
4: <laughs> awesome. That's cool. You probably know. You've probably known about Japanese stuff longer than me, and
6: you know. Oh yeah, i uh, Also, I remember Evangelion when that first came around. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was awesome. That was an amazing one.
4: Cool. So, are you are you still watching anime and reading? Do you read manga like to this day? To like
6: oh, yeah, stay, stay
4: current? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What are you reading? What are you reading or watching at the moment?
6: Um, watching right now is the uh, anime adaptation of uh parasite mm-hmm. which was a uh, i think a mid nineties manga okay right. that's the most recent one. I haven't What's read it? manga in a while
4: okay so obviously then the next question will be have you actually been to japan
6: uh unfortunately, I've not I would love to, but yeah, I have not done that yet.
4: I guess it's the cost, right? It's a, it's a pretty yeah, expensive, well, expensive trip, right?
6: Yeah. Well, kind of don't exactly have a job, so that would be awesome to do that someday.
4: That's 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 surprising. You should be getting paid to do your artwork. It's pretty awesome.
6: Yeah. Well, it's not exactly easy.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I can't say it would be easy. Easier for a, a foreigner coming to Japan to try and do that. <laughs> I think it'd be oh, even yeah. harder, probably.
5: <laughs> yeah.
6: I, I <laughs> drop, in the, with...
4: drop in the ocean. So, um, if you if you did come to Japan, um, well, what would you want to check out? What do you want to see?
6: I imagine you know the t- uh, typical like tourist uh, type <laughs> things, like the the shrines, uh, Mount Fuji, and obviously Akihabara, you know stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay.
4: A bit of, the, bit of the nature and a bit of their tech, mixture yeah. of well thing.
6: Yeah. Cool. I don't have like a specific place in mind. Yeah. Well, you definitely want to check out Akihabara,
4: right? And where, yeah. where would, what would the first shop you would go to?
5: Uh, what
6: was it? I think. This is a a super... testing. Your... There you go. Uh, super, uh I think it's called Super Potato. That yes. The, the, oh, the old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. With the like yeah. crazy old-school games and all kinds of stuff there, right?
4: That's right, that's right. We actually did an episode of the Famigas from the lobby of that place a long, long time ago. Um, so, um, what would you say your favorite Japanese video game is ever? It doesn't have to be Nintendo, but... You know. uh,
6: the one that comes to mind is a Nintendo 64 game mm-hmm. called... Um, Sin and Punishment. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I played that game a couple of years ago on the uh, Virtual Console for the Wii.
4: Right, right. That never came out in the States or um, Europe, right? Back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a. Uh... So you imported it back? Oh no, sorry. So we the Wii was the first time you ever played it.
6: Yeah, I never imported any games.
4: Oh, you've never imported any games? Okay.
6: No. So you you, you only
4: played Japanese uh, video games that you know were translated and made it over yeah.
6: legally. <laughs> yeah. I you? don't. I've never uh, went through the effort uh, of importing a game or like all that stuff. It's a little too gotcha. complicated.
4: <laughs> what about any um, Japanese like figures or merchandise, artwork, that kind of thing? Have you have you ever mm. bought any of that?
6: I think the only artwork is the uh, art book by the uh, Katsuya Mm Tarada I told you about. Uh, I had an art book come out uh, last year that I got. As far as figures, I haven't gotten any yet. I want to. There's a couple from this anime series called uh, Kill la Kill. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah.
6: By uh, an anime studio called Trigger that that did that one. Mm -hmm. Pretty big fan of that. And uh, some pretty cool figures of like the main characters, like in battle stances. We pretty needed to get.
4: Cool. I always thought artists needed kind of you know 3D figures to kind of you know sketch off and get an idea of stuff. So you you do you, all of your drawings are just from uh, just like 2D artwork or you know from your own I'm mind.
6: Always, <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes like uh, a lot of websites will have uploaded pictures of figures, like all these like various angles. That, okay, that, I guess
4: yeah, so that'll help, yeah, figures are expensive, right I mean especially yeah. importing them right
6: yeah, yeah th- yeah there's a few websites where you can get them from, like they'll import them, but usually they're like really limited release, so you have to like pre order like right away,
4: right <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of uh, n w r stuff as Zach Miller, but it, I think he's got enough figures for the whole of the United States
6: oh yeah no, i'm not <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm familiar with them or not. <laughs>
4: Um, it's probably best leave it at that. Um... <laughs> yeah. So, if you could get one figure or um, something from Japan, what what, uh, what character would you have to have? What's your favourite character that you'd like to have a, a figure of?
6: i definitely have to say Bulma from Dragon Ball. Okay. There was a figure released last year, Bulma, from mm-hmm. uh She's from this uh, artwork that was in an uh, in, in-between chapters of Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. She has like one pant leg, it's like a short, and the other pant leg's a regular length. And she's got a hand on her hip. It's a really cool figure. Cool. That'd be pretty neat.
4: How much is that? Like $200, isn't it?
6: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. I just know that it's not gonna be cheap. Yeah. If you can find it at all. Cool. So, um, last few questions I got
4: for you. Um, Kind of more family Cast related, if that's okay. So, um. Yeah. Obviously, I've i found out about you through Twitter. I think it was Twitter, and uh, yeah, I saw your artwork on there. Yeah. And uh, maybe you mentioned the family cast or something. So, like, can do you know how long you've been listening to the show?
6: I want to say almost from the beginning. I know I started with the first You uh, Are podcast, and I think I went through like the, the uh, other ones you guys had. All right, cool, cool. I got yeah, so I, I was, I'm pretty sure I found you from there, and I just went back through your back catalog and. Started from the beginning over. Gotcha, gotcha.
4: Right, yeah, because we were part of uh, Radio Free Nintendo for the longest time, right, until recently. Yeah. Um. So, do you do you have any like favorite moments or episodes?
6: Yeah, there's one. There's a relatively uh, recently is uh, mm-hmm. one that really sticks out from last September. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you came back, they had the one. They had a segment toward the end about mm-hmm. baseball.
4: <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to that. Yeah,
6: yeah, that was a really cool one. Uh was probably, I don't know if you've uh, noticed on Twitter, I'm a pretty big sports fan. Mm-hmm. Oh right, you like baseball, right? yeah? Yeah, so I love baseball and football and all that American football. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a pretty cool segment about what what the games are like there and what the concessions they have and the rules and how they're different and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. The, be- the beer girls, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> what was I like whiskey? I think. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's whiskey. Good they, yeah, that was pretty neat. It's pretty cool to see how how different it is, how the games can end in tides. Oh yeah. And how they yeah, and how they have like specific like cheering sections where they like, coordinate the cheering or
4: something like that.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I've I've
4: been to a basketball game and they and they do that on those too.
6: Yeah that's okay that's one thing I um, I was thinking about if I ever went to Japan mm-hmm. definitely got to check out uh baseball.
4: Well you chose Danny a uh, Danny episode uh, episode which I didn't host as your favorite one so you obviously failed at that question completely. So yeah. uh, the next question which you can uh which you can bring yourself back uh so who's the best host me or Danny? Uh
6: <laughs> I guess I, I guess. Of course, i got to say you. You're the longest one. Cor-
4: yeah, that's the correct answer. Yeah. Actually, no, Danny's been doing it actually longer than me now because of my, oh,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. my two-year yeah.
4: absence, but yeah. Yeah, I
6: remember that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that was the troll question. And uh, the last question is, do you think we pay you enough for all this awesome artwork?
6: <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> well... Well,
4: how do we pay you? I
6: don't know. I guess uh, entertainment, I suppose. suppose uh, let's do a podcast.
2: What, what about chocolate?
6: Oh, the taco was good too. I <laughs> I've been thinking about asking me to pay an amiibo. <laughs> right. Like a look, like a lookario or something. Well, that's yeah, one Dan, one. Danny's got
4: a few. I think he, he wouldn't mind giving you one. I
6: haven't asked yeah. him. But, yeah. yeah, that's one that my uh, my nephew wants. that one a like real bad. Yeah, the freaking okay. amiibo situation. I'm not really big on them. I only wanted mm-hmm. Samus, mm-hmm. but the amiibo situation in America is like ridiculously low. <laughs> and only the and only specific stores have like whatever one. Okay, well, yeah,
4: um, without asking for Danny's uh, consent, I'm going to say, yeah, he's definitely going to get you an Amiibo. All
5: right, I appreciate <laughs> it. Or, or, or he might edit
4: this bit out and then the, no one will ever know.
5: Yeah.
4: Awesome. So, Tony, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. And uh, thanks for being a part of the, the Famicast history. Obviously, your artwork. Uh, we'll live on and we'll be part of the Family Famicast forevermore. And, uh, yeah, keep being awesome and thanks so much.
6: All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Later, dude. All right, bye.
4: That was uh, me and Tony talking about uh, his inspirations and everything. Uh, if you want to follow Tony, uh, you can follow him at @tony_losoya. underscore Losoya. Losoya is L-O-S-O-Y-A. And you should definitely follow him and check out his artwork. Very, very cool. Oh, by the way, Danny, at the end, he, he really wanted me to say, can you tell Danny that I think he's been a great host as well. Oh, really? I... He's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I think I think he really felt really guilty about that last comment. Um, ex- I, I was
1: editing that little bit, and I was like, oh, <laughs> 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 God. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's too nice to let that go. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I appreciate that, even though that's not what you really think. God damn it. <laughs> no. Nah.
4: So yeah, uh, skipping ahead a few episodes, we've um, got Josh and Tim's first episode, episode twenty nine, uh, uh, called "A Link to the Future." So um, I think Tim, yeah, Tim was on the show for like a th- another three episodes after that. So right. So kind of be kind of semi regular, I guess. Yeah. Point.
1: Yeah. It you know Tim got kind of busy with. Dis- doing this or that and stuff, so he just, you know, wasn't able to be on the show, and even now, I mean, I still talk to Tim, you know, quite a bit, and he's, you know, still good friends and stuff, but, yeah, you know, just busy with life and stuff, and...
4: Yeah, um, but he did a good job for those those four episodes, I yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and then he talked about some, like, interesting games that I didn't even think about getting, like, one of those downloads, you know, DL series, simple DL series games that was about it was like a shooter or something i could have swore as part of that series it was really weird and people had like purple blood that looked like jam <laughs>
4: <laughs> if if you um, look on the famicast uh the, the famicast podcast twitter we can find tim's uh twitter account on there as the people that we follow but i don't i think think famously josh <laughs> doesn't you, Josh, the, in, the internet. Josh is <laughs>
1: off the grid, man. You're never gonna find him. Well, at least not on any like social networking services or anything like that. So, maybe if you really want to get a hold of Josh, I can get you his snail mail address. And, uh, we'll take it
2: from I'll there. Put up the bat That's signal. S- send out a carrier pigeon. <laughs>
4: yes. Yeah, yeah. And as you heard in that um, uh, segment with Tony, that uh, that was actually Tony's uh, fate favorite uh, sec- section was with Josh, the, the baseball uh, segment, right? Right,
1: right, and that was just, just in the past summer. I mean, yeah, Josh, Josh his expertise doesn't lie in video games. <laughs> he lies with beer and baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, he, he's, done, he's lived in Japan for quite a long time, so he's got a lot of interesting and fun stories, so I just try to yeah. rope him in as as much as like as often as I can, so I think he has a lot of fun things to say.
4: It's cool. I I hope I can record a show with him one day. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: yeah, he would like it. He's he's a real funny, dude.
4: Awesome. Um. So yeah, the next thing uh, is our first video show. And uh, Danny, you probably remember this. Uh, mm-hmm. We episode thirty four, and um, me and Danny decided to try out this uh, new newfangled Google Hangouts live thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which we did, just me and Danny, just uh, messing around. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think I was back officially. At no, point, that was just,
1: yeah, last just a one-off
4: thing. I was like, yeah, I got, I got like a free, uh, free couple of hours, so let's do it, let's let's check it out, and yeah, that was kind of like testing the waters, I guess, for what came later. Yeah,
1: I think too that month it was like almost one of those things, like, oh shit, I haven't even planned anything for this month's Famicast. <laughs> <laughs> I left it in good hands <laughs> good hands that's how that's how you know yeah that's how I yeah that's how I really feel about the Famicast just put off the last minute and just yeah fart something out at the end of the month <laughs> so yeah it was. it
4: was a little bit later when we started doing you know the one live show the one you know Stu- <laughs> studio show I still can't say that with a, with a straight face <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but you know that was the, the test bed and that was how we we can now do two shows a month you know which were like yeah well this month's a special case because we're going to flip it we're going to have the live show at the end of the month right um, but yeah but uh, yeah that was uh, it worked out pretty well you know the, the audio takes a little hit but you know the fact that we can you know get it out and edited you know super quick you right know, definitely helps you know and we wouldn't be able to have multiple episodes a month without that so Mm -hmm. yeah people seem to like it so you know we're going to keep doing that Mm -hmm. so please do enjoy in the in the uh, the month yes and then yeah so danny obviously had you know a an awesome uh tenure as famicast host editor and uh general manager (laughs) of the show and um yeah and then I came back for episode 40 smash him back smash back that mm-hmm. was my first episode back um after two uh, t- my two year hiatus mm-hmm. thank you for your understanding <laughs> um which brings us to now I guess um I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to give you a kind of well this is probably inaccurate seeing as how uh Ty just said that you know that episode wasn't actually his was first episode because I totally skipped the fact he was a guest in another in previous <laughs> one. So this is all probably completely bullshit.
1: Well, of course. But,
4: um, but uh, Danny, you're obviously sitting pretty at uh, 48 out of 50 episodes.
1: That's 48 in a row, mind you. Yeah, 48 <laughs> in a row.
4: Um, well, no, because you'd skip two and now there's this one. So. Well,
1: <laughs> you know what? I still win. <laughs>
4: yes. So, yeah. So Danny obviously... No one could be that regular. Well, so, hey, we
1: could even throw in the stuff we did with eight four play because I, I did all four of those. So, boom.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. I, yeah, I, th- this doesn't include those episodes. Oh, okay, um, sure. Uh, just the fifty main ones, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm combining fifteen one and two because, like I said, mm-hmm. it gets too complicated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and Ty, you, uh, you are in second place with. 30, question mark, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe 30 or 31 episodes.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've missed uh, any since I joined.
4: Yeah, so yeah, you're at uh, second place there. And then in third place, uh, just is uh, me with 20, <laughs> it sounds kind of pathetic, 20, 28 out of 50 episodes. God,
1: you suck,
4: man. With, my, <laughs> with obviously my... Uh, Hiatus. Uh, this is a guy who, you
1: know, wants to create a podcast and he just bails on it halfway <laughs> through. Fraud
4: detected. It's the kind of commitment this guy's going to give you. <laughs> well, yeah, I bailed on editing after two episodes. <laughs> and then I bailed on the whole show <laughs> after 17 episodes. <laughs> 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 um, next is Don uh, Koopman, the Flying Dutchman himself. <laughs> with uh 21 episodes. He uh, he did a full straight uh you know episode 7 to 28 there. <laughs> um and then it's Minoru uh with oh. 15 episodes.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Um I could be wrong, obviously. He's obviously, <laughs> but right. I think yeah, you did a full straight ten, episode 10 to 25. Hmm. Uh, I don't think you missed a show.
3: Uh, uh I missed a sh- I-, I missed one or two. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like I said about
4: about yeah okay, okay about about 15 episodes yeah and then bringing in the rear we got Tim like I said with four episodes and Josh maybe with two Josh right? but he's he's kind of been a guest on yeah
1: TV, right I mean Josh hasn't been like a regular he's more like a guest but what about did you wait did you say Matt
4: uh I have completely forgotten
1: to count Matt <laughs> 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 Jesus, that, James, this is what I'm supposed to do, well, man.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because Matt was like on and off, on and off, on and off. So I would, I would have to go through literally every single show <laughs> and see <laughs> if he was on or not. But yes, um I think Matt has been the most sporadic. Let's say, but yeah, he's been on. I'm sure he's been on a lot. <laughs> uh, he's maybe been about about
1: the same amount as you, maybe. Yeah, sure. Why so, not?
4: Yes, but yeah, Matt. Um, Obviously, he was uh, one of the founding fathers of the show with uh, me and Danny. So, um, yeah, we miss him every time he's not on. And obviously, he's, a, he's the only guy who's actually in the gaming industry for realsies. <laughs> and he's now a father. So he's like, you know, doubly busy. So um, I think that's the reason why he's not on currently, by the way.
1: <laughs> excuses, excuses.
4: Excuses, excuses. I
1: question his commitment to the family cast. <laughs> so there you
4: go. Fifty episodes, guys, on dato and all that,
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Danny, it's back to you uh back to you, dude,
1: yeah, so James, thanks a lot for that, man um, a lot of good information and fun stuff there um yeah,, fifty episodes of a podcast it's kind of a weird thing, right <laughs> that's yeah. a, a I was just thinking like you know this is a lot of time and energy that. I have taken to do this stuff. Like <laughs> you solely
4: have taken. Four
1: years. I mean, you know, I'm not not saying I regret it or anything like that. No, I always have a fun time talking with you guys and everyone else that's always been on the show. It's, you know, always fun and it's it's great getting to hear, you know, from listeners and stuff on Twitter or just emails or whatever too or getting nothing and Definitely. wondering what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, this. Here's to four more years of uh, Famicast fun.
4: Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't include was like, when was uh, Ty's first ever Fake or Real? Oh, Hear shit. the music! Yeah. Fake or real, is it fake
2: or real? Does
5: this game exist? So did Ty make nice. it up? Fake or real, is it fake or real? Fake or real!
1: So, yeah, Ty, go ahead and take it away, man.
2: All right. This is the return of Fake or Real, where I describe a video game that has been released in Japan, and there's an equal chance of it being, you know, legitimate, a game that actually exists, and there's also a decent chance that I made it up.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think Minoru might have the advantage. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how he will do
2: home turf advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mi- Minoru, have you been playing at home so to speak? Ah, uh,
3: yes. Uh, yes, yes. All
2: right. How do you d- feel co- How did you do? Yes.
3: It? Do you feel confident? Minoru,
4: how good are you at this game?
3: Uh, I'm not so good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. Okay.
2: So, to recap, I'm going to describe three games and i'm gonna flip a coin uh preemptively to to see if i choose from the real stack or the fake stack and god help me if i made up a game that turns out to be real (laughs) it's gonna happen one of these days
4: all right. By the way, Ty, Ty, ever since you started doing the flip the coin method, you know, my my um, method doesn't work. You know, I always used to go like fake, fake, real or real, real, fake, but that doesn't work anymore. Right. <laughs> so I'm nervous. Yeah, like
2: the first or second time I did it, I got like three real ones in a row. <laughs> Statistically <laughs> unlikely, but still possible. All right. I am flipping as soon as I decide which side is real. Okay. I'm flipping a Japanese 50-yen coin that has a hole in the middle.
1: Wait, is that fake or real? (laughs) (laughs) You never know.
2: (laughs) All right, here we go. Okay. So the first one. Oh, okay. This is a game where you are Alice of Wonderland fame. And you play card games against animals and furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Of
4: course, it has to be furniture. Hmm. Well, there have been plenty of games based around Alice in Wonderland, right? And it's definitely popular in Japan. People know about that story. So there's a good chance this is real. So if I may go first, I'm going to say
1: real. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go ahead and go second, and
3: I I will say this is real too. Uh, me too. I think it's real.
2: Okay, the results are in, and it is in fact real. You guys okay. did well. For a bonus mm. point, guess which platform it's on.
3: Uh, Fam- uh Famicom. Super Fammy? Xbox.
2: Oh, ho, ho.
4: E- Xbox. <laughs> Bing.
2: <laughs> Good guesses, but it actually came out on Nintendo 64. Oh shit. Yeah. So somebody spent the money to manufacture a cartridge where you you play <laughs> a, Trump. <laughs> so that kind of blew my mind. All right. What's the ti- what's the title? Um, it's some crazy title. It it definitely has waku waku in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 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 Waku. waku. Yeah, I looked up a video earlier today. Like, I didn't believe it was real. So I'm pretty impressed (laughs) with you guys. Minoru,
4: Minoru, how would you translate waku waku? Uh, Exciting. Has to be a heart-pounding.
3: Super (laughs) exciting.
2: All right, so... Everybody has a point on the board. And we will move on. We're all
1: winners. Yeah,
2: good job. <laughs> good hustle. Alright, I'm flipping for the next game. Alright, alright, let's see. Okay. Next game. This is a zombie shooter starring AKB forty eight you rescue and or shoot the (laughs) AKB48 (laughs) member.
4: Oh, I actually know this one.
1: Well, don't... It's on 3DS. It's that...
4: (laughs) No, I think uh, I went to an arcade recently and um, I think it's called like... It's called like Idol zombie shooter or something like that. You know, you're just
1: giving us the answer, or you're misleading us. That
2: would be a bold strategy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: So I can win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally played this game, slash didn't play this game. (laughs) Oh man, is it though? I think it is. And you're not actually shooting them with bullets, you're actually shooting them with like an antidote or something like that. I think that's the story premise, the premise of the story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe I just swapped out the band with aerosmith <laughs>
4: <laughs> um if it is the game that i'm thinking of and it is that one that i saw in the arcade then i'm going to say yeah real
1: i'm going to say no it's not real cuz james is deliberately trying to mislead us <laughs> he's got to get those
3: troll points up on the board yeah
1: right. yeah damn right
3: fake i think it's a real uh if I remember correctly, I've heard of it. You guys are collaborating against me.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. So results are in. And this game is real.
3: Yeah. Ooh, it's booyah, pretty recent. I,
2: I thought if you'd seen it, it'd be fresh in your minds.
1: Nope. I never saw it.
2: Yep. <laughs> or you would assume it was a trick.
1: <laughs> yes. As one does. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, I could probably uh, <laughs> join a podcast for Japanese people and tell them about the Aerosmith <laughs> gun shooter, and they might believe it was <laughs> fake.
4: <laughs> so is it, is this the the one I was talking about? Like the way you're shooting antidote yes. pellets at people? Yeah, there's there's some pretty good <laughs> YouTube
2: videos of this game. <laughs> All right.
4: Yeah, that's weird. What, do you know what the, the title is called?
2: Mm, not off the top of my head. But, you know, oh. it it is incredibly easy to discover for yourself. If you just okay. Google AKB zombie game. <laughs> hmm. All right. You know, I usually leave the titles out, you know, the d- description, right? right? sure right sure just try to google proof this as much as i can <laughs> it <Okay>. won't work <laughs> all right so let's go to well wait, oh, wait recap the scores we got two two and one danny you're behind
1: uh, don't remind me yep.
2: all right let me flip a coin and we'll go to the next game all right hmm Okay, this is a Japanese arcade version of Half-Life with zombie houses. You, <laughs> you can tell they're zombie houses because of the big signs that say zombie house. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Man, I could have swore I read somewhere that yeah, Half-Life is in the arcades or was has been wasn't mean thing?
4: also of weird game like isn't like one of the silent hill playstation games an arcade shooter in japan
2: there's a resident like, evil uh, arcade shooter
4: yeah from yeah, yeah. I, I think I played that one yeah you got like a machine
2: gun like a real
4: machine gun yeah thing.
2: and it's also <laughs> the world's biggest joystick <laughs> oh yeah it moves like you push forward yeah on it, you like. know what i'm talking about
4: yeah 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 but the Half-Life one, hmm, Half-Life, Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2? Or are we not allowed to know that?
2: No. Well, according to the description I wrote earlier, it's a Japanese arcade version of Half-Life. So I'm just going to say that can mean any
3: Half-Life. Hmm. Right. Hmm. I think it's fake. Uh, it's a fake counterpart of uh, the AKV-48 zombie shooter. Huh.
4: yeah um i don't know these are it's weird how these are like all arcade games
2: that was Um, just luck of the draw no well the alice game was a nintendo 64 game
4: yeah well it's oh yeah which started off as an arcade game probably
2: i don't think so (laughs) (laughs)
5: uh
4: i'm gonna say real because there's been other kind of first-person shooters in the arcade, so why not? Why the hell not? Why the hell not wouldn't Half-Life be an arcade game? in Japan? Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, that makes sense to me, too. I'm going to say real. Minoru, <laughs> you can just be wrong
2: or right. All right. All right, let me tell you about this. Uh-oh. The answer is real. Cool. cool. Oh, hey. yeah. I tried to throw you off, with the the bit about the zombie house. <laughs> okay, so in the j- Japanese. So it really does say yeah, that? Yeah, in the Japanese arcade version of Half Life, you can play the story mode. And there's also like, like a survival challenge mode or something. And it does have zombie houses. And they are labeled <laughs> boldly. Zombie house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know not to go in that house.
2: all right yeah yeah so james you've got all three right yep and then two points for danny and mino Mm -hmm. i'll take a tie for last place (laughs) yeah and another statistical abnormality or my coin is broken all three of those (laughs) games are real (laughs) yeah
4: jesus get your coin fixed yeah like i spent
2: all this time like inventing these fake games and and
4: if we do another one and it's bound to be fake right by the law of statistics so uh yeah save that for next next episode no
2: no that's the gambler's fallacy bro get good (laughs) at game theory
4: (laughs) it'd be cool if we could do this at the live show and like the listeners could like take part or something yeah that'd be
2: cool. i'm down
4: you hear that listeners if you want to take part in fake or real and win real prizes provided by danny
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) amazon gift cards for 50 dollars yeah
4: yes anything from the club nintendo uh from club nintendo japan danny will get it for you
1: ever been released anything
4: (laughs) yeah no but seriously yeah we should try and do that
2: yeah dude yeah, I'm down. Yeah.
4: Awesome. Phone
1: your parents, Ty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet.
1: Well, Ty, thank you so much for another fun and exciting game. Uh, Fake oh, it was
2: my pleasure.
1: <laughs> and yeah, look forward to that. Uh, maybe we'll get this going on the next live show, if not the next one. I mean, we'll basically we'll be doing like two live shows in a row after this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can probably hear that sometime in the very near future. So, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break here, and then we're going to go ahead and hit the feedback, and then we're going to go ahead and close out the show.
2: Yeah, boy. Yeah.
1: Like I said, we have some feedback here, and uh, if you want to get a hold of us at the Famicast, there are several ways that you can do that. Uh, one way that you can do, I don't know if, well, I don't know if I'd say this is the easiest way, but if you're on NintendoWorldReport.com and you see the Famicast page, the posting for the episode, you can always leave a comment in the talkback thread below, or you can always hit us up on our Japan Crew forum thread that we haven't been... Checking. I haven't been <laughs> no, checking. No, I have. I updated
4: have okay. it very, very recently. Okay, but I don't think people use the forums
1: anymore. Yeah, I.
4: Are the forums now
1: dead. Yeah, time? they're very dead. Oh, okay, dear. never mind. Well, since the forums are dead, or if you you don't like the forums, you know, Twitter is not dead, so you can e- always
4: email is also dead. So yeah, it's pretty much only Twitter now.
1: Yes, if if you want to get holds on Twitter, we are at the Famicast. Yeah um no z's no t well yes there's a t <laughs> <laughs> there's no t <tea> in v <laughs> no t according to danny biven or at the end ass? of famicast uh but i can guarantee you there is no z so, so uh look us up there at the famicast if you want to send us an email that's at famicast oh wait god famicast <laughs> at nintendo uh you can send us an email there with anything you like uh yeah, like Famicast
2: I... Twitter alerts go right to my phone. Yeah, and maybe you guys too. I don't Mine know. Too. Yeah.
1: Awesome. But I think we'll just go ahead and get started off with some of the feedback that we have uh, here. Um, we put out a call to Twitter for you know any of you guys is like uh, if you had any favorite episodes or favorite moments from the Famicast, and uh, we did have a couple of different things. Let's see here. Well,
4: um, first of all, thanks to Alex. Osborne, who um, said that we he loved the episode forty nine, which unfortunately Danny wasn't on. Um, oh, that's fine. That was the, the one where we talked about uh, Famitsu. uh He said, "Yeah, another fantastic episode," and that got a few retweets. So thanks, Alex.
1: No, I, I you know, I, I did listen to the episode. Actually, those two episodes, I was not able to make it. I thought you guys did a fantastic job. Natch. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um. Yes. So, in terms of feedback for episodes and favorite moments, uh, with the infamous Mr. Russ Greeno sent in on Twitter, as per your request, my favorite moment on the Famicast was Dan, uh, was Don reciting his first few minutes in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> poor don i know it's like just think about every awful stereotype you hear about american people and this is like the first people he met in like the first however many minutes he was in america i mean wow how did i miss this (laughs) i'm trying to get
4: out of get out of my way you piece of shit I think that was the uh, the first thing you heard in America.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He's just getting, you know, getting off his plane or whatever, kind of going to his hotel, and yeah, get out of my way, you piece of shit.
4: I mean, yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty bad from U.S. customs as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think the customs officer said
4: that to him. No, I just wanted to. That was the same joke I made on the on the show.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, man.
4: Yeah. No. Um, oh, Danny, by the way, you missed um at Freeze Star. Um oh, okay. his his comment. Um he, he the the last couple of com- uh the last two shows I used um <laughs> clips from these um this video from Maximilian Maximilian dude. He did that uh, famous Iwata impression mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I think he appreciated the um the end Clips of the last couple of episodes, which oh. I, I slipped in, which I don't know if people missed it or not.
1: I, I thought it was fantastic, I loved it, <laughs>
4: <laughs> especially the uh, the Pokeballs,
1: yeah, yeah,
4: Danny's <laughs> Pokeballs,
1: yeah. <laughs> I thought it said Danny's Pokeballs, <laughs> <I was>
4: like, <laughs> that would have been even better. Yeah, I was
1: like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see, another one from Dread Pirate Stone. Some of my favorite Famicast memories have always been when Minoru was on. Hope he returns for Famicast 50. Well, speak of the devil and he shall appear. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, there thank you, you.
4: People love Minoru. It's the yeah. same. Minoru can't be on every episode. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we're still paying him. <laughs> 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 right, get him off the... Uh, the... The payroll. All right, it's too complicated. So
1: James, you said there's a couple of other ones. Too? Oh yeah.
4: Uh we just got, you know, during the sh- during the recording. Okay. Um first one is from Justin Wiley. Mm-hmm. And he says, Omedate to Famicast, here's to fifty more. Hey, sweet. Thanks, Justin. And uh, the other one is um, from Addison Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, congrats on uh, Famicast 50. Famicast was the first podcast I ever listened to Whoa. and remains my favorite podcast on the web. Thank you for 50. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's some pretty high praise. <laughs>
4: the first podcast ever he ever listened to. Wow. I paid
1: out some 50 bucks to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, you just ruined it, Danny. <laughs> that was Perfect. supposed to be a secret. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah that's it. Well uh, <laughs> oh, actually um Addison actually talk now we're on the uh Addison section. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's he's actually an NWR staff member by the way right, in right. case people didn't know. Um he sent this awesome email to me uh, oh. which he, which is got <laughs> which he'd got from um uh I think it was like a like a Japanese Online game store? Right. He bought,
1: he bought a new Nintendo 3DS um, when they first came out here. I think maybe probably like October, November is when he got it. And he, it was some website I'd never heard of, but it was Japanese. So I was like, well, you're probably, maybe, safe. <laughs> yeah. So,
4: And this, he got this email back from them. He said, uh, much greeting from Japan. Hello. Thank you for the purchase from our store. You do not yet write feedback. Does the item not yet arrive? Possibly, we are very anxious. When have problem, please do not hesitate to contact us. We wait for good answer. Best regard, BBCG Market All Staff. Please understand. <laughs>
2: that's adorable. <Yeah.
4: laughs> I, I also I didn't know Iwata worked for that company. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for forwarding that to us, Addison. Yeah, that's fun. Great bit of
1: uh, English. Yes.
4: Yes. As everyday life for us in Japan. Well, you know.
1: Yeah. So. It's a wrap. That is a wrap. So we'll go ahead and take one more quick break, and then we'll close out the show with our Twitter handles and all that nonsense. And also stick around at the end of the show. I have a special bonus segment at the end that uh, I don't think you'll want to miss. More on that after this break. All right, so we're to that point of the show and this point of episode 50 where the fun's coming to an end. Unfortunately, or fortunately, if you've managed to stick around this far. Um, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, I or not, just no stay away from this Twitter handle. Uh, I'm at DannyBiv, D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V, and this is awesome. I'm trying to pull up my Twitter on my phone. It's not loading up.
4: okay i'll go i'll go while you're sorting out your phone um so i just tweeted a picture of the famicast mario kart 8 tournament uh just a picture because you know obviously there's that bullshit code to enter in if you can't find it but yeah it's called famicast famiquest and uh, yeah i'm going on not like every night but every couple of nights um going on and uh playing with listeners and nwr staffers and stuff and when you join you get the choice of team danny or team jc and obviously uh team jc is obviously completely destroying team danny at the moment So <laughs> obviously help danny out yes come on and uh i don't know we might be able to stream it maybe yeah one time,
2: yeah cool. uh if i join in i can definitely stream from my end cool
4: that would be awesome so yeah Please follow me at Family Complicated, and I'll tweet out when I'm joining, and uh, maybe tweet from the Famicast Twitter account as well. Yeah, please
3: understand. Uh, Minoru. Okay, my Twitter handle is nwr underscore Minoru, and my recent tweet, my most recent tweet is is this Bayonetta three or zero, and uh, it has a link to a platinum page where you can play um, kind of 8-bit Bayonetta.
4: Ah, yeah, I saw this, right. Yeah. It's it's apparently balls hard, isn't
3: it? Yes,
2: yes. yes. I, I played that. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? Isn't it, it like, it, it's it's fun. It's <laughs> a it's an amusing little diversion. <laughs> isn't that like the 404
3: page? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah it's fun.
3: That's cool. Cool, awesome. cool. You're
4: still calling yourself NWR Minoru, even though you're not NWR staff really these days. Shouldn't you tell it into like super minoru or something? <laughs> oh maybe
1: I should do so, yeah. You've evolved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Danny, have you
4: sorted yourself out yet or
1: kind of. Okay, yeah, this is fine. But uh Ty, how about you just go ahead and go I God, I don't know what's happening. Jesus Christ.
2: All right. Uh, I'm Super Cat Drugs on Twitter. Um, you'll see a lot of impulsive jokes uh, and <laughs> some bad Japanese, <laughs> uh, some English to Japanese translations of things that are going on with Western fighting games. And more recently, some tweets about my job. Still trying to keep it as anonymous as possible like I don't have my full name on my Twitter. Uh-oh. But I teach middle school kids and I've been tweeting like uh my ridiculous lesson ideas and some funny things they say sometimes.
4: Uh I remember one that you tweeted out like it was a worksheet and it was and it was like a something like how well do you know Tai Sensei, and it was like, what sport does thai like best? Like football, tennis, or Minecraft?
2: Yes. <laughs> what is thai's favorite food? Pizza, hamburger, corn dog, or bald eagle? <laughs>
4: <laughs> we all know the so, right answer. Yeah. Hey, that's another t- opportunity to, to use the sound effect.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Twice in please. one episode. Yeah please enjoy and please understand my Twitter with a strange combination of things.
1: Pokeballs. <laughs> yeah. And I think I got things working, but now I'm looking and I have only had three posts since January 16th. So
4: at Danny Biv. He doesn't ever tweet anything. At, at the any bids,
1: I'm yeah, end of the show. It's it's yeah, don't worry about following me. <laughs> <clears throat> but one thing that I do want to remind you guys about before you go ahead and just you know start closing off the show, we do have kind of a bonus segment that I recorded with the infamous Josh, um, <laughs> which uh, we we talk about Amiibo and like uh, just it's from kind of I, I I it it seems like it's kind of from a different perspective than what you hear in a lot of podcasts, and I think. Josh has a lot of uh, unique insights on stuff with, like, action figures and stuff. Yeah, no, he is not a scalper, actually. Um, He's the kind of guy that pays, like, $400 for, like, a 12-inch Batman doll, and then will pay, like, $200 for the three-foot-long car that, you can put him in <laughs> but um so was, you know Josh is always a really funny guy so it was a pretty fun conversation so be sure to stick uh by for that after the you know the ending music and all that stuff uh, so that's why this podcast is 4 hours long yeah this one's going to be a long one guys so buckle in there's still about like 25 more minutes left so <laughs> <laughs>
4: well i'm looking forward to listening to it danny Cool. If no one else is.
2: Well, that's good. I can be... I'm on it, so I'll probably listen to it.
1: Nice. Minoru, you're just finished with the Famicast? What? <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> no. the best answer. I'm just, I'm just joking. So, so
4: uh, Minoru, you coming back next time?
1: Next I episode? don't know. I'll take that as an absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: If you want Minoru to come back, please uh, tweet him. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Multiply. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. spam his Twitter account.
2: Yeah, we still have no idea how Japanese culture works, so please <laughs> help. Yeah, it's
4: always embarrassing in Life in Japan segments when we try to talk on behalf of the Japanese public
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I fail miserably. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> cool. Well, guys, I think that's going to be a wrap for the main part of the show. So, as always, uh, James, you know, thanks for coming on, buddy. You are welcome hi always a pleasure man
2: oh yes it is
1: and minoru glad to hear your voice again dude Uh, you're welcome cool and yeah stick like i said stand by we have more stuff at the end of the show but for right now this is it for us so we will catch you guys later family crew out bye peace
2: brother bye
1: special segment of Famicast 50. Again, I'm Danny here, and I'm joined by a familiar voice. You guys might remember him, uh, Mr. Josh Pollock. Hey, what's up? I'm here. (sighs) Josh, nice. I'm glad that you could uh, make it here today. It is
0: my absolute pleasure to be here. I love it. Cool. Well, we have
1: uh, kind of a, I think maybe a bit of a timely topic. Maybe it's a little bit over (laughs) or something, but uh, we're going to talk about the state of Amiibo here three months later. And, we're not going to talk we're going to try not to talk about the same type of stuff that you guys have been hearing from all sorts of other podcasts. Um, we want to talk about this maybe from kind of like an action figure perspective and how this stuff relates to nintendo it's this type of stuff, but you know josh he is very familiar with uh, the action figure world and he's going to give you a bit of a brief rundown about his I guess credentials for this so uh, Josh go ahead and take it away.
0: Oh cool okay well I love action figures and if if anyone actually remembers me trying to talk about video games in the other podcast I was on you know that video games aren't exactly my thing but action figures are my thing and I love them as kids uh, you know it started with Star Wars and He-Man and then it was transformers and thundercats and all kinds of stuff. And it, you know, especially transformers that kind of, that was basically my religion. <laughs> and I just loved it. And I got to the point, I think in junior high and I'm still playing with my figures. And by that time it you know, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other stuff in there. And I realized, you know, the other boys don't seem to talk about this anymore. And I, I don't know. Then I, I realized I had to keep it, keep it a secret. And, but that didn't stop me i just kept getting you know well i didn't have any money so i didn't buy figures but I'd say, well christmas is rolling around i sure would like this new toy and batman and all this and so i kept collecting figures and i never grew out of it i'm you know in my late 30s now and it's still you know i still spend a lot of money on toys my my room looks like a 12-year-old boy's room. <laughs> if they had money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the toys are more expensive and bigger and better, but it's, you know, I just really love it. And, uh, you know, I've thought about it a lot. Why? You know, because obviously I'm, a, you know, I'm kind of an adult. I don't <laughs> I don't sit there with these, you know, $100 toys and go, I'm going to get you. No way. I'm going to get you. You know, uh, I think adult collectors, you know, they just appreciate the... Aesthetics of toys and figures and uh, seeing your favorite characters in three dimensions and, you know, as the the toy making technology gets better and better, it's cool. But I think on a very basic level, it comes down to uh, being able to interact physically with the character. And, and, you know, some people like to stick things in their mouth, like Danny. (laughs) Uh, You know, my little brother would twirl his hair and his fingers. I just like to touch stuff. I like to play with figures. That's why I love Transformers. If I'm sitting watching a boring movie or something, I'll just sit there and take the Transformer. It's a robot. It's a car. It's a robot. It's a car. It's just something (laughs) to absentmindedly, you know, manipulate with your hands. And I think for a lot of people, that's the appeal of toys. And, you know, then there are other collectors that don't touch them at all. They just keep them in the box and they line it up. On you know their shelf or whatever, and I think wow that's a very impressive collection of cardboard boxes. But for me, <laughs> I have no problem keeping stuff mint in the box. But I would I would probably only do that with an extra because I would I would want to have at least one to open up and play with. And you know that's in toy circles that's a huge debate. People who who argue over what's better Cause I think there's a certain snobbery involved. With, well, I have it mint in the box and everything, and you know, we can talk about that a little later how you know the perceived value you know like this is going to be worth so much money and i think in a lot of cases it's not
1: i don't know and you know i like josh i like action figures probably not as much as him but Mm -hmm. that's usually the route i go with especially like older stuff i like to keep stuff in the package but um anyway so josh i mean i know you have tons of different stuff that, I mean, a lot of probably listeners have liked or mm-hmm. maybe even dabbled in collecting themselves in the past. But, I mean, in terms of, like, Nintendo-related stuff, do you have anything like that, like, in your collection?
0: I have very few, very mm-hmm. few. Because, again, the the appeal of toys for me is that emotional connection to the characters. And even if you look at my, my current collection, it's it's almost all remakes of stuff that I had when I was a kid, only bigger and better and more expensive (laughs) so i'm talking things like star wars uh batman you know the batman movies the original movies from the 80s transformers of course uh gi joe things that i really like almost nothing you know modern or new you know i don't really buy anything that i don't have an emotional attachment to and because i wasn't a huge nintendo fan there wasn't a lot but i do have um I do have a figure of Mario in his Tanuki suit from Mario 3, mm-hmm. because I always liked that. I always thought it was cool. And I have a figure of Link from Wind Waker, because I think Wind Waker is an awesome looking... I've never played it, mm-hmm. but I used to sit and watch my friends play it, and it just looks like watching a cartoon, and I thought Wind Waker was just awesome, so when they they released a figure of wind waker style link i bought that but there's actually been several there's the amiibo of course but there's also a company called nendoroid uh kind of high-end japanese figure like there's a superposable one with all kinds of accessories but i don't have that one it's too expensive
1: okay well i guess kind of moving on here Mm -hmm. you know with the modern action figures and stuff like that you know you talked about a lot of this stuff how especially people maybe in their you know, getting out of college at that age, like mm-hmm. mid-twenties, thirties, forties, a lot of people trying to kind of relive their childhood. And mm-hmm. I guess that kind of comes where like modern action figures come in, or even just like, you know, collectibles and stuff too, It depend yeah. depending on how much money you have and want to spend on stuff. Um, you know, and I, you know, you were mentioning just before that, you know, the reason why you collect things, it's mm-hmm. th- these are things, characters that meant something to you when you were a kid.
0: Yeah, and I, I think without that, emotional attachment we wouldn't see you know the toy industry you know ha- having expanded as the way it has because uh it's it's nostalgia nostalgia is what drives it you know um when we think about action figures we usually, you know the it pretty much started in the late 70s with star wars and they were uh three and three fourth three and three three and three quarter inches scale so that they could interact with vehicles, because before that, figures were twelve inches, like the GI Joe dolls. Uh, the Mego figures were about eight inches, which I don't even know if you know about, because that was before your time. Don't even know what that is. <laughs> and so Kenner came along with Star Wars and basically introduced this whole new segment of the industry. And uh, that's that's what what I grew up. People my age, you know, people in the early forties, late thirties grew up with Star Wars and that expanded. Like I said, there was He-Man came next and then Transformers and there were others, Thundercats, uh, Mask was huge. And, you know, it was just, we we loved it. There were cartoons, there were movies, there were comic books and tie-ins. And the media supported the toys. And then you take the toys and you, you create your own adventures. You, you know, you, you interact with them in your imagination. And, in, you know, by the late eighties, there were even, you know, crude video games on, you know, eight bit Nintendo games were generally not very good yeah. for toy tie-ins. Okay. Okay. Not, not, 8-bit. I can't think of any standouts off the top <laughs> yeah. of my head. But. I'm not saying eight bit. I love it. <laughs> I'm saying the, the, you know, game like GI Joe, the video game was a piece of crap. So, um, what I'm saying is, People my age, we grew up with action figures and, and you know, it was kind of like, a, I, I wasn't exaggerating when I said Transformers were my religion. That it was kind of a defining part of our childhood, but things change and video games definitely have overshadowed figures. I don't think children today play with toys in the same way that we do because they, they simply have more options, you know? Video games are probably number one and toys are secondary whereas with us the toys were the main thing and all the media supported the toys whereas now a kid is likely to get a figure it's just in support of you know a game or a movie that they like
1: yeah and i guess it's kind of an interesting tie-in too is everybody out there knows i mean amiibo are kind of like this weird marriage of the two where mm-hmm. you have this physical figure this thing that you can physically interact with, interact with kind of it's not really uh-huh. posable or it, it, you really can't go on adventures or anything, uh, yeah. But you know, with the idea, and we're not—I'm not saying that this is fully realized yet. But the idea is that these little characters are going to go with you in your adventures in your video games and do something or other. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know, Nintendo's still kind of working on what the best way to do this will be. And you know, I think they're making some pretty good strides. But yeah, I, I would. I'd, like to see more interaction with this stuff, but I think this is kind of just a very interesting take i mean just added interactivity stuff that you could have never really done before with those old figures
0: right and that that's what I like about it is that it is like you said it's bringing the two concepts together it's directly tying a figure into the video game, so you have something that you can touch and interact with physically. But it's also part of the video game. And I know when I think of kids today, I think of my nephews. They 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 range in age from about 8 or 9 to 14. And for them, Nintendo is their religion. They love the Nintendo characters. I think a lot of people listening to the podcast can kind of uh, yeah. relate to that a bit. And But the difference... Now, there are some really nice figures like of of mario and and you know the posable with a lot of accessories but the amiibo are just they're basically little statues and and my nephews really they're really enjoying collecting them and and you know well collecting them not really playing with them because they don't play with them they they just kind of you know they they sit on a shelf mm-hmm. Uh, whereas they had Skylanders. They were crazy about Skylanders, and I would see them actually playing with the Skylanders and kind of making them fight and stuff. But with the the Amiibos, they're almost... There's a term that uh, a, a toy reviewer uses, and I always kind of liked it. He calls non-posable figures, he calls them nerd hummels. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you know what a hummel is. It's like those, those goofy little statues and that the old ladies clicked but (laughs) nerd humbles it's the same thing it's it's a figure of something nerdy that it just sits on your shelf you can't really you know move it around or anything but what i liked when i finally got to see the amiibos in hand is they're really well done they're they're painted really well the sculpts are awesome they're all in a good pose uh so they're really well done but i you know again i can't see a kid unless he's really young i can't see a kid saying like oh i'm mario and walking around and Right. Making them have
1: adventures. And, you know, I think it wasn't it was the last pod, last episode of the podcast, James was talking about his son, you know, three years old, mm-hmm. playing with the Yoshi mm-hmm. Amiibo, going on rides in the back of the fire truck, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I think once your kids get a little bit older, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's going to be less and less of that because there's just less stuff that you can do with these things. Even though, yeah, these are the cool characters that I play with in my video games, mm-hmm. but,
0: yeah. Well, I think there's a third factor to what's really cool about Amiibos. The first one is, you know, like I said, it's a physical figure. The second one, it, it can it can interact with your video game. The third one, and this is a brilliant marketing strategy, is that mentality of trying to collect them all. Hmm. And that, that perceived rarity of some figures. And uh, I think that ties into, you know, something that... It just adds a, a level of excitement to figures... And, again, my first memory of it is looking at at the card back of the old Star Wars figures. Mm -hmm. It shows all the figures, and it says, collect them all. I mean, it's not a suggestion. It's an order. It says, you will (laughs) collect them all. And if you don't, you're incomplete. And I thought, well, I was happy with just Han and Luke and a Stormtrooper, but I guess I have to collect them all. I need... Hammerhead and Walrus Man <laughs> and stupid characters I don't want because I have to collect them all.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And here we are, decades later, and so many people still feel that way.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just... It, You know, if you if you any of you guys out there listen to other podcasts, you hear this. I mean, I think the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast they're talking about. You know, Brian Altano and Jose are going out buying all this shit, even though they maybe they told themselves at first they're not going to. And you know, early on when the Mebel first launched here, I was kind of that way too. I almost got all of Wave One, (laughs) and then I went back to America and spent a shitload of money. (laughs) So uh, now, I mean, for me, I I, trust me, I get the the whole gotta get them all, not just from Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I mean you know as as being a collector in my younger days of Star Wars stuff that's worth dog shit now
0: mm. oh yeah <laughs> well that that was a, that's a really great example and again i don't know how familiar i'm assuming people are pretty familiar with Star Wars uh when Star Wars figures came back in the year 1995 with Power of the Force 2 it was the first time there'd been real Star Wars figures you know in about 10 years and people went crazy cuz they knew Star Wars figures are worth money. You, I can send my kid through college with these, and so everybody just bought bought every they could, just clearing out the shelves, keeping a mint in the package, and they're worth nothing. They're just they're absolutely worth nothing now, yeah. and and that's true for almost all modern figure lines. Stuff is hot. Stuff is really hot because everybody wants to have it first. And the first few months to a year that it's out, people are paying inflated prices on eBay because everybody wants to have it.
1: Hmm, doesn't this sound incredibly familiar with what's happening right now with the Amiibo? Yeah,
0: because but it's a, it's an artificial scarcity, and, and it just drives demand up, but it's not there. And we've seen this happen. Power of the Force 2 is a great example. People went crazy for that stuff, and now you can't – and it's, it's actually really sad. Like, you'll see someone on eBay, and they'll put, like, their whole collection, and they want, like, $20,000 for it, <laughs> And someone has to say, sorry, man, that's it's not worth anything. Yeah, I mean, they don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, with my stuff of that line, I don't, I, I collected it mainly because I wasn't thinking about getting rich. I was right. thinking, hey, I like these figures and I want to have them all. Mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I like the packaging and stuff, so I kept them in the package. Mm-hmm. And that was fine for me. But I guess this could kind of lead us into our next point. It's like, how do you determine what's going to actually make Something valuable, and you know, with Amiibo, I mean, there were reports back last month saying that they had sold something like two times the amount that Smash Brothers sold, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this was talking worldwide numbers or not. But if, if in either way, I mean, there are somewhere around like two point five million Amiibos out there on the market right now.
0: Well, it's it's a speculation market, and we we saw that happen with um, comic books in the '90s somebody made some money off a comic book and then in the early 90s everybody was buying comic books and bagging them and boarding them thinking this is going to be worth so much money the death of superman uh and all that stuff is is just worthless now just it just the market collapsed it happened again with beanie babies people were spending crazy money on beanie babies and then you know and again there were some that were rare but in the end nobody wanted them the the determining factor for what's going to be valuable in 10 to 15, 20 years is nostalgia. It's like I said, people that have an emotional attachment to something when they're a kid and they break it and it it gets lost, it gets stolen, it gets broken, it gets thrown out, when they get to be about 20-some years old and they have some cash in their pocket, they want to replace it. They want to feel that again. And those are the things that are going to be worth money. So things that, that kids play with, things that kids break and lose, Stuff with lots of pieces and parts and, you know, maybe even cheaply made. In my case, that was Transformers. Vintage Transformers are worth crazy amounts of money now because the people that actually had the foresight to save it were, you know, so rare. I mean, who, whoever would have thought that this, this children's toy is going to be worth big bucks later. Right. And again, I just want to throw out that when we're talking about big bucks in toy terms, you know, we're talking at the very most like $1,000 or a few a few thousand dollars. Mostly mm. we're talking hundreds if you're lucky this is not the the thing to get into if you want to get rich i mean there's you know invest your money in stocks or something you know (laughs) (laughs) people who think they're going to get rich off toys are crazy i mean your best hope is what you're seeing now is is a quick turnover and and double your you know your profits exactly
1: so if you if you i i think this is a good principle if you're out there looking to make some money off of amiibo right now is probably the time to do it yeah but
0: even then it's it's so much time and effort yeah you know you'd have to either order them all online from somewhere and then sell them online somewhere else or right. troll all the neighborhood stores buy them all and beat all the other scalpers to it i mean i don't know why people would want to spend that kind of time and money you you'd get more money just having a regular job <laughs> but but if you do you know if you want to make some money off toys think about what are kids playing with that won't be around again, the Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers from maybe 94 or so. Kids loved those. Those were actually hard to find at the time, but to think of any that actually survived in the box are probably pretty rare, pretty Mm -hmm. scarce. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, well, again, maybe the original ones, but those get re-released so many times, there's there's probably not as much demand. Uh, Back to Transformers, Apparently, Beast Wars were pretty big. I was not a fan of Beast Wars. But, okay. But, again, because there's so many parts and it's so easy to break, like, if you've got a Beast Wars collection mint in the box, that might be worth something. hmm And as far as... But, again, I don't know that there's anything that will ever rival the toys of the 80s because kids just don't play with toys as much. You know, I think it's more... It's more of a passive connection now. I mean, you know, they like the Avengers movie and they'll just, you know, they'll just get a Captain America figure or Hulk or Iron Man. Whereas mm-hmm. I was the kind of kid I hated the movie tie-in stuff because the toy companies were lazy. I want a Batman figure that looks like Michael Keaton in the movie with the proper, you know, armor. And then the, the, they, the toy companies would just give us, Oh, well it's Batman. He's got, you know, he's got a black suit and you can see the little white guy face. A he's bit. got a firing, Missile launcher, and you know because i i don 't know why they think kids want that crap; we just want it to look like it does in the movie, and then eventually twenty five years later, I finally got a good Batman figure, but I had to pay two hundred dollars for it, and so <laughs> you know, expensive and fragile i can 't even touch it
1: so yeah, so I mean uh, Josh, maybe i 'll just ask your opinion about this, you know with amiibo, well, mm-hmm. first of all, two in Japan. Uh, I haven't really ran into any scarcity problems in any mm-hmm. of this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. people say this this or that character is rare, really hard to find. Pretty much everything you want to get in Japan is mm-hmm. available on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. You have a chip to your house, free shipping, and it's like eleven bucks. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and you know there are there are some collectors that think, oh, I love the thrill of the hunt. I like going to Target and Walmart and Toys R Us and find. And like, you know what? That was fine back in the nineties, but. There's this invention, maybe you've heard of. It's called the internet, <laughs> and we don't have to do that anymore. We can just, you know, I I like having the toys just show up at my door.
1: There, there is you got there is a certain thing about the thrill of the hunt, though. I mean, it, it it can be kind of fun and exciting. I like it.
0: I I do think it's cool. Like everyone loves finding a cool bargain or finding a rare toy or game or whatever for less. And, and yeah, here in Japan, you know, you go to Akihabara, you go to Mandarake, and sometimes even now, sometimes I'll find something, but but yeah, I guess you're right. You know, Amazon, the ease of Amazon has kind of taken a little bit of that away. Right, and I, you know, I'm almost
1: kind of curious. This is pretty much no way we could even know about this, but I kind of have my opinions about this. But like, who is actually buying the Amiibo? Are they just old you know, washed out Nintendo fanboys that are buying these? Are there kids? I mean, yeah, I know there are kids doing this, but Mm -hmm. I wonder what the overwhelming majority of people buying these. things.
0: Uh, I think, I would imagine it's a healthy mix of both. I think Mm. probably any kind of collector or video game product is driven mostly by old washed up fanboy guys, like you said. But I do (laughs) think... Like myself. (laughs) I do think kids like these, because again, I'm basing it on my nephew's responses. But I think the difference between action figures and these you know nerd hummels is like i said (laughs) that kids aren't gonna unless they're really young they're not gonna be beating the hell out of these and taking them in the sandbox so you know 20 years from now everyone who had these amoeba they're still gonna have them and they're probably still gonna be in the same shape because all they're gonna do is sit on a shelf Mm -hmm. and i think a majority of them are probably still sitting unopened in boxes and that just that that you know, there is no scarcity. So, yes, yeah, certain characters are harder to find than others, but uh, they'll always be around. They're, they're not really that rare. So, I, in the long run, I don't see any, any long-term value. I don't see these ever being unavailable for more than retail or, in the worst case, like double retail. Right.
1: And even some of the, as many of you guys know, like even Marth or, you know, whatever, some of the other rare characters, Nintendo even went out to say, like, hey, we're going to produce this or more of that. You know, they didn't say if they was going to make it any different, that would be just a fucking great thing. Let's throw some fucking variations into this oh, well, thing.
0: You know, they do. They, the toy companies do that, Do You know, they they like to artificially create this demand, and, I mean, it's just part of the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a, as a business thing for Nintendo, I mean, I think Amiibo are great. I mean, they're making them a mm-hmm. lot of money, and, you know, I think they're cool, and there's some really cool things that they can do with them.
0: But well, I think the problem they'll run into is when they do make something that it is legitimately scarce that that everybody can't get like i think i read something about possibly a gold or silver variation of mario that's mm-hmm. going to be in some kind of horribly low numbers and that kills people's interest because once they realize they can't collect them all uh you can it can come back and bite the company in the ass because people say well i'll never i'll never have that one and i'm not paying 500 bucks for this one so i guess i'll just stop with these mm-hmm. and some people do that and a lot of toy lines over the years have, have found that, and I don't know that they've had legitimately rare or exclusive releases. Right. It's, I mean, it's impossible to know. I mean, people will
1: say that they, they can't find this or that, but, you know, that's just kind of repeating what we no, said. No, as, as
0: far, you know, like I said, as far as I know, but I, I can easily see them having, you know, a Tokyo Game Show exclusive you know, it could be Mario in a certain paint scheme. Oh
1: God, don't say that, man! I'll
0: buy it <laughs> if if you're lucky enough to buy it. I mean, they yeah. say, like, you know, I see this with Transformers all the time, mm-hmm. and and it's just a headache. And you know, because those items that are produced in legitimately no, low numbers will always be worth money. Mm-hmm. And if you do want them, you gotta you gotta spend the cash to get them. Cool. Well, um, I think that's going to about wrap it up
1: here. I think we covered this pretty well. Um, You know, feel free to give us your comments and opinions about the state of Amiibo here three months later. Um, I hope this was interesting for you guys to kind of get this from a not even necessarily like a hardcore Nintendo fan's mind, but from a guy that knows a lot about toys. Mm. Um,
0: Well, I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. despite the fact, like I said, my bottom line is I don't think they'll be worth money. I don't think they'll be rare. But I think they're cool as hell, and they're fun, and I love to see them injecting that kind of fun and you know, collect them all mentality back into toys. So I just hope people, if you like them, go out and buy them. Buy the ones you like. Don't feel obligated to get them all. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get the ones you like and enjoy them. I mean, that's what toys are for. They're supposed to be enjoyed. You're supposed to have fun with them. If it, if it gets to a point where it's not fun and it feels like a chore or it feels like a job, then stop, because then it's missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't let it frustrate you. Oh, I can't get this goddamn figure, where is it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> then it's no fun. And I've definitely been at that point with some things and I and I just took a step back and said, so What am I doing this for? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, Josh, thanks again, man, for coming on and um, yeah, we hope to hear from you again here in the future. Well, I love toys. <laughs> if it's toy related, I'll be here. So <laughs> Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks, Josh, and thank you guys for listening, and All we'll right. move on with the episode. I
2: will right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hey, guys, if you like today's episode or my trolling in general, please check out the Nintendo World Report Fighting Game Podcast Special starring me, Ty Sugart, as well as podcast superstars Dan Koopman, Addison Webb, and James Jones. Please enjoy it, and please understand.
1: Okay, and that's going to do it for the episode. I know this is like the third time I said goodbye, but I'm serious now. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.